Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. What's up, weirdos? Great episode. No surprise there that I love it. It is Sarah Schaefer. Thrilled. Thrilled that Sarah Schaefer got to come in. Uh, a, a very uh, moving episode, dare I say. This this one, um, it's it's definitely very, very funny. It's it's hilarious, top and bottom. And then right in the middle, something very, very sweet and uh, lovely. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, let's get this out of the way. You made it weird.com. I've never said it that way before. YouMadeItWeird.com is how you get a t-shirt. It supports the show actively. They're designed by weirdos and they're for weirdos. You can also make a donation if you're nasty. It's uh, There's a button right there at YouMadeItWeird.com, which is great because um, three street youths just circled Katie on their BMX bikes. They, they were doing it to, you know, just say, hi, how are you? But, you know, she kind of freaked out and we're collecting donations that she could get her own BMX bike and kind of join that gang of street youths. Also, you can email the show weird at nerdist.com, and we have tour dates. Uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, we got Montreal. Uh, July 25 through 28 is Montreal. Uh, that's we're going to be doing a live You Made It Weird. That's the one I'm definitely going to plug here. July 25 through 28. Check the schedule for the Just for Laughs. We're going to be doing a live You Made It Weird there. I'll also be doing a bunch of stand up. August 2 through 5. Cleveland, Ohio for Hilarities, September 6th through 8th, Scottsdale, Arizona for Stand Up Scottsdale, September 14 and 15th, Chicago for the Lincoln Lodge, October 11th through 13th, Appleton, Wisconsin for the Skyline Comedy Cafe, and I don't know why I didn't plug it, July 19th through 21. that's when I'll be in New Jersey. I'm clearly losing my voice. <clears throat> I just did the shows in Denver, Denver, yeah, losing my voice. Uh, okay, so we're doing uh, the sponsor now, the sponsor is Amazon. Amazon, just go to nerds.com, go to the description of this episode, click on the Amazon banner, and shop as you normally would. If you're going to go to Amazon anyway, just go through the site. That's the way to do it. Buy some stuff. Small percentage will go to uh, Katie and her BMX bike, so she can join that that uh, riffraff. Okay, everybody. Goodbye. Oh, there it is. There it is. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing Spot. Who Charted. Yeah. Have you heard of that show? Yes, I have. Okay. And before we were recording, I put the because it's in the Earwolf studio. Yeah. And I put the earphones on and had like a regular conversation, <laughs> like not being recorded. Yeah. With them listening to myself do the because it wakes me up. Yeah, it's like there's a quality to it. It is. Do you it agree? Feels rich. As a feels fella? richer. <laughs> But I feel like well, we don't wear uh, earphones oh, when that's we record, right. so we're uh, out and about. I don't care for that. Well, not as it, not as a guest. At, <laughs> we already like hit uh, loggerheads. <laughs> um, is that next word? Loggerheads. Loggerheads. Yeah. Beachheads. Uh, the head on a beer. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Logger. It has been a Logger. lot. It's, it's going to be one of those loopy episodes. Yeah. And we have begun. You know that. You listen to the show? Yes, Nikki I've heard Gla- a few. Nikki Glaze listens to the show. I've heard a few. For me to have listened to at least even just four episodes. Is huge. To me, is, I don't listen to any podcast. That's so flattering. Uh, I mean, so, I see, I'm serious. Yeah, You're yeah, like but the I, only podcast I've ever listened oh, to. Oh, really? Can I get... Because someone told me what you do. Uh, uh, like, God comedy, is, relationships, God... 
Comedy sex god. Comedy sex god. You know, Relationships. Ah! I mean, it's all a relationship. No, you, you know, it's funny that you say I, uh, that. Thank you, Katie. The, uh, it's funny that you say that because when I pitch the show to people, I never say comedy sex god because that sounds like it's a shock jock show or whatever. <laughs> this is just so I write down things right. so we don't go on tangent. Yeah. Uh, but like, it is sex. I, I was just yeah. I was just talking to Howard Kramer, so I did who, yeah. who charted, mm-hmm. and we got both of us, and I bet you're the same way. We got really passionate about the idea that most people hmm, aren't talking. Nobody's really talking. This is yeah. one of the reasons why I love women, and uh, not that that's your main uh, feature. You're yeah, a hilarious. I'm, I'm only a woman. You are just <laughs> o- you're just ovaries today, <laughs> Katie. We need more ovaries on the show. No, but women typically are ready to to divulge and get yeah. into it and, and yeah. verbally wrestle, a, not even mm-hmm. wrestle like debate, but just kind of get messy, mm-hmm. get messy with a conversation. And we were talking about how most. And I don't want to speak for for I'm just talking about most of the people that I know mm-hmm. don't really communicate, don't really talk about the things that I think are the things that are going through our head yeah. when we're falling asleep, like when we're kind of like in our <laughs> yeah. most vulnerable, true yeah. state. The and racing thoughts. Exactly. And mm-hmm. that is sex. Yeah. Like that. I mean, just to go to sex is like if you're talking to somebody that's a complete stranger, I think the quickest way to make it a little bit more interesting is to talk about sex. It's a little yeah. bit cheap, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it depends. What, what are we talking about? Like on the train? Like, ah, <laughs> like you live. In when New did you lose your virginity? Yeah, well, you're, I, I think that is kind of what Howard Stern and all those mm-hmm. all those fellows are doing. All those yeah. good fellows are doing. But there is something kind of fun. Like if you're, and you know what's funny is like as I say that, I'm reminded that I'm often off put by that. I had a girlfriend yeah. that uh, that w- prided herself on being like really kind of. Uh, you know, iconoclastic conversationally, and she'd be talking to somebody and be like, "So, have you ever done anal or whatever?" And I used to, yeah. I used to hate that. Yeah. And here, uh, just another example of me. Not, <laughs> not, not that I ask people if they've done anal, but I do ask people about their virginity, mm-hmm. or I ask if them and their spouses oh, yeah. still have sex. So I have my own version of that question. Yeah. Why did I hate that in her, and yet? think it's great in me i'm so full of shit <laughs> i don't know the answer to that well but, uh, sometimes in a relationship it is hard to talk about sex in a relationship but in a relationship with you the mean, other person oh, what are you saying you're saying you're in a relationship yeah i know your mm-hmm. boyfriend uh yeah let's pretend i know his name what's his name scott scott mm-hmm. he looks like a scott yeah he's I'm, a very scotty scott is he scottish no He's Scott. He's still he's, he is Scottish in that he looks like yeah. a Scott. He's a is he's she, Scottish. Is she Scott. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a great guy. W- what does he do? He's a comedian. He's a comedian. Uh, and uh, can we make sure he doesn't listen to this? This is going to be one of those things. He where... has heard it all. Ooh. I mean, he doesn't. There's no way he can keep up with all your pod massing. No. Well, he's usually there when we record because oh, we have really? an audience, so uh-huh. it's uh, very open, and Let's he's get... he knows what I'm. What it's called. You is. had to be there. Yeah, you had okay, to be I'm there. So I was very, with Nikki, with Nikki, with Nikki G, mm-hmm. who one of my all time favorite episodes of the show. Ah, uh, you got some big panties to fill. I'm just I kidding. Know. I'm kidding. She, I don't know if I can do it. But I don't we'll know. Try. She does have a huge vagina. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that I started this interview asking you a question about me. So tell me, uh, uh, you're, tell me what you know about me. How uh, long? How long? <laughs> that's exactly who. Uh, who told me? I think it was uh, Larry Miller told me that Bill Hicks said less jokes, more me. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, it was it was like the the steak hitting the frying pan. I was like, yeah. oh my god, that's exactly what I'm after. Yeah. What is, what is the state of your your? Uh, we're gonna get to Scott. I won't forget okay. to talk about Scott. Okay. What is the state of your stand up right now? And let me ah. let me ask you mm-hmm. in the following question because mm-hmm. I was just in Utah 
and I was and I was watching a lot of new acts and mm-hmm. stuff. I had different openers each night. Mm-hmm. A lot of the guys, a lot of the guys were telling uh, jokes, and it may, and then a lot of them were noting that I don't really tell jokes. Yeah, they, I got a lot of the you're just talking up there, mm-hmm. and I was like, the fuck else would I be doing? Oh right, mm-hmm. you'd be telling jokes. I haven't seen you in ages. Yeah, Nikki tells jokes. Mm-hmm. Are you jokey joke? Or are you uh, Sarah, Sarah Schaefer I'm keeping evolve- it sizzling? I'm evolving. You're and evol- it's a, a huge vulva in the back. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm evolving. So sorry. I've been trying to talk about my vulva more. Because <laughs> that's what we're supposed to do. But... What made that so delightful is I was like, oh, I've crossed the line. I'm, I'm making too many uh, panty no. vagina jokes. No. And then you brought, it, you brought it back and looked at me right when you went vulva. You went, I'm trying to talk about my vulva. Like right <laughs> then is when you made eye contact on the yeah. all in vulva. Uh, when it gets real So real you're trying um, to, what are you trying to do in your comedy? Uh, so I've, I've always... I don't. I moved to New York and was a dumb dumb when it came to stand up. I didn't know anything about it. You know the lingo people use now, like where did you start? Yeah, or or like uh, (laughs) like I didn't even. That's your lingo. No, I know you mean like bits and. uh, I didn't know anything uh, about that. You should go hang out at comedy shows. Like uh I had never seen live stand up before moving to New York. Where were you coming in from? Um, From Virginia, and I had only seen it on TV. And I knew I wanted to do comedy. I just didn't know what kind. Mm-hmm. Anything. That's I, interesting. I wanted to just, just a be part of yearning. it. Yeah. You had a yearn. Mm-hmm. Were you funny as a child? Not um, a child, but maybe a teen? Yeah. But in my teenage years, I became... Uh, I got attention for being funny, and yeah. I would get cast in the funny parts and plays. And that fun? And was, was told of, I was funny. What was one of your early plays? Uh, the 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 masterpiece mm. called Crazy Camp. Crazy uh, Camp. Crazy with a K. I before you said it, I knew and it camp was. With a K. I knew it was. Yep. Crazy Camp. A lot of um, jokes about Crazy Cool Camp. The sequel. It was some <laughs> kind. I don't remember the plot at all. But I all I wanted was to be the lead girl. Uh-huh. You know, that got kissed at the end or whatever. Oh. But um, I got cast as. Holga. Cast with a K. Cast with a K. <laughs> I think her name was Holga. Holga. And she was the German camp counselor who provided um, comic relief because I was always. Uh huh. Uh, I came in and How old would get mad at the kids. I was a middle schooler. What grade? Like sixth? Uh, like seventh? seventh or eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. okay. And um, and everyone, I was devastated when I didn't get the lead. Uh-huh. But this was like the lead comic role. Like I had right, a lot of ro- right, lines. Right, right, it was right, a great right. accomplishment, but that it is- wasn't good enough for me. And I was very angry. And, and my drama teacher told me that comedic parts were harder to play. <laughs> oh, isn't that weird that you remember yeah, that? Yeah. Of and course, I thought, probably... And she said, you're better than the others. <gasps> uh you know, wait so you a can, minute. She Did kind you of go hinted at find this woman in the woods? Like this <laughs> is your imaginary friend. Her like, name was Mrs. Better. K, and she had like bright red hair. I'm sorry, the director of camp, crazy camp, crazy camp Mrs. with K. K was Mrs. K. Yep, Mrs. K presents K with crazy K. camp. Yeah, that little bad poster design that looks like a hate rally. <laughs> no, seriously, uh, that's <laughs> lovely. You're making me yeah. remember that I auditioned for Into the Woods. Have you ever? Mm, you're yeah, kind yeah, of a I've theater person. Yeah. I, I auditioned and got the Baker, and that's not really a funny role. Mm-hmm. And I just goofed around so much. Yeah. I drove the poor director crazy. <laughs> I actually sometimes I'll be falling asleep and I'll think of him. He was a very flamingly gay man. Yeah, I don't know if that helps you in the story, but he got so red and mad at me. <laughs> 
because I wouldn't stop fucking around. And you know what? It's like Oscar Wilde said, the only way to get rid of temptation is to yield to it. Mm-hmm. The way he calmed me down was he was like, no, that's it. I can't say it. If I did an impression of this man, I mean, <laughs> you'd be like, that's hateful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that is inappropriate. That is no longer okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, just do it. For, that's it. We're going to do it yeah. Pete's way. And then as soon as he gave me the reins, I just started doing it more serious. Yeah. That's the way to do it, folks. Yep, yep, they, yep. Things are only uh, tempting when they're forbidden. So you were in crazy camp. Yeah. And then you wanted to be funny. I mean, yeah. it's funny. When does that come? Where Where is that? I'm sorry to get psychologically, no, and maybe even trite right away. But where does that need, for me, uh, a t- kind of a tumultuous household, traditional, you know, mm-hmm. I had, I, I got uh, the parents who kind of arguing, there was some, there was some booze going around. Mm-hmm. So I was looking to control and, and salve everything. I mm-hmm. want everybody to be cool. I still yeah, do. I'm like that too. Is it, what, Big time. Is that what brought you into comedy? Like, is that where you were? Um, yes. Making a joke could diffuse a situation. Yeah. Um, and it works, man. Mm-hmm. It still works. I still do it. My family, my family gets mad at me sometimes because I'll make a joke at extremely inappropriate times. Yeah. Does um, one come to mind? Yeah, I, I don't want to put can't. you on the spot. It involved my mom dying. <laughs> but, oh, no. Your but mom but she died five years ago of cancer. Oh. And um, Now I want to hear the joke because it feels tense. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, there was, you know, I find humor. I mean, she and I made very dark jokes yes. uh, together about my her dying. My parents are super morbid. Yeah, and, and she and if family members heard us joking about it they got angry mm-hmm. i remember once she she was sick for a while yeah she was and, sick for like four years and yeah. during those four years she made a lot of, uh, of yeah. the, the dark humor the yeah. darker humor and when she knew she was going to die uh they got darker and i went there with her mm. but i don't and i was that person for her Isn't and i that, felt close to her i feel like that. that's yeah. great yeah. i really think that's something special yeah there's there's something uh people don't want to be treated differently you know what I mean? No. I think I remember reading don't, somewhere. Don't wear kid gloves, you know? Right. Like, this is real. This is right. happening. I'm going through it. Right. Why can't you right. guys just act like, you and know? I, where did I see this? It was in some movie about cancer or some, some movie about illness where it was mm-hmm. like, they, they, they're, oh, you know what it was? It was uh, Mike DiStefano. Yeah. Uh, who's uh, also passed, but yeah. he, he was amazing. Amazing. And he told that story about his wife yeah. having AIDS. I know. And he was like, once the person gets AIDS, they're still the person. Yeah. It's not, they're not over. And by the way, anybody that hasn't listened to the WTF with Mike DiStefano, you do to. yourself a favor. I it's mean, incredible. I, I, it was one of the ones that I was like, oh, I want to do a podcast because I was like, this shit's changing my yeah. life. And thank you, Mark, for doing it. And thank you, Mike DiStefano. Uh, but anyway, he was talking about how. The person isn't overcome by the disease. Their brain is still them. Yeah. They still have dreams and hopes, and, and mm-hmm. they still have their sense of it's humor. A, a to-do list. They things have to-do. to do. They have things in a day that they want to yeah. accomplish, and they have things that they want to connect. The same. Yeah. I know this sounds silly. You know this yeah. better than I do. Your mom wanted to connect and laugh. Yeah. So you did. Yeah. That's tremendous. It was great. We had a, those last four years were horrible, but they were also like some of the best moments I've right. ever had with her because we got very close. Would. What do you say, again, I kind of feel like this is well-trodden territory, but I'm interested in it, so I'm going to follow the impulse. The idea that comedy in general, and I'm stealing this thought from the Terminator robot. <laughs> in, the third, in the third Terminator, I believe, mm-hmm. it might be the second one. I think I'm pretty sure it's the shitty third one. Uh, the Terminator robot, the T-800, mm-hmm. played masterfully by right. Arnold Schwarzenegger, right. uh, talks about laughter. I think he asked, they asked the robot, 
the T-800, if he ever laughs. And he says something along the lines of like, laughter is to make humans forget <laughs> that they are going, die, going to die. <laughs> Basically, that's what he says. You know, some, I'm so some, glad you worked in your, your ah! Arnold impersonation into this. I'm very happy. Because, <laughs> oh, Jesus, I am so transparent. I'm like, here it comes. <laughs> I'm so sad. Did you by any chance hear the Chelsea Pretty number two? No, I haven't She yet. makes fun of... The fact that I'm so clearly hoping that people will tweet at me like, I love your Arnold. And I was like, suddenly it was like my soul was taking a shower and she whipped the curtain back. And I, I couldn't cover up all my soul penises. I was so exposed and ashamed. But it's true. That's my compulsion as a performer. But anyway. But I like I like your Arnold impression. So I Thank you. you. <laughs> Everybody uh, says it's hack. It's so fun to do. Yeah. Could you do a little? I'm doing I, an impression of you. Yeah. Because yeah. I saw that video and no, I, I, I love it. Oh, thank you. Axe of God. That's so lovely yeah, of you to so say. Good. So what do you think about the T-800's point there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I... I agree. I mean, like, you know, it's like um, a release of the pressure that we all feel or the doom that you feel of like of doom, the unknown. Man. Yeah. And, um, it's uh, it's heavy. It's yeah. a heavy thing to go around, and and yeah. and someone uh, in your mother's position mm. knows it's coming. But you know, we all know it's coming. You yeah. know what I mean? She she knows it's coming faster, yeah. which it makes everybody uncomfortable. Because correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not. Uh, I hope I'm not painting with too broad a brush. But her experience mirrors our own. You know yeah. what I mean? We see it, and we're like, shit, that's happening to mm-hmm. her. A specific way of, of passing, certainly. But yeah. it reminds us that we're all kind of fucked. Yeah. If if you consider death being fucked, do you? Uh, no. no. Yeah. Uh, All right. A little bit of hope. A little dash of guys, hope. Guys, I, I, I was like, I, I know, I can't wait to talk about God. Um, so, I, you know, I'm trying to be more uh, natural with this episode. I didn't, I didn't set that out, but I was like, I'm tired of doing God at the end. Let's do God whenever it comes no, up. No, that's like, I love it. I love, I, it's rare to find people, especially comedians, that like to talk about in like to talk about it in the way I like to talk about it where you don't get shut down immediately yeah because I was raised Southern Baptist and um, I'm just picturing chicken and corn (laughs) (laughs) no it was a pretty suburban uh, blue haired type of Southern Baptist it wasn't like clapping and snakes and yeah and it wasn't like uh, crazy it was um, but very conservative and very um, like we weren't allowed to clap in church really because clapping would be applauding a human. We should only be applauding God. We used to applaud um, God at the end of our little well, phrase. Well, it, it was like if you applauded um, Susan Marshall and her beautiful solo. Yes. Uh, but you didn't applaud, you know, the old dude that read the scripture. It became about like, you know, applauding a person over one. one. You're like, actually reminding you know, me of something that I find very funny yeah. about church, which is the, the worship leader, right? Yeah. One of the most frustrating, dare I say, show business positions there <laughs> yes. is. Because it's always this guy at my church, which I haven't been in a long time. It's always this guy who looks like the brother of a good-looking guy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He's almost good-looking. Yeah. And he wears his, his suits because he's up there. And, and he does these uh, compositions. And, mm-hmm. and he sings louder than everybody. And yeah. he's really, really belting it mm-hmm. and sometimes does solos and stuff. But he's in this unfortunate position where all of that glory and praise fuck it, man. He wants a taste of that because he worked oh, yeah. really hard at the music and the song, but it's yeah. a song about God, so he has to like like a like a reverse slide send it up all yeah. the way yeah. and not even keep a sliver for himself. We should be like, w- yeah. give God 90% and, and 10% to Ted, the worship leader. Yeah. He's doing pretty good. I'm okay with a preacher having some money. 
and yeah, like driving sure. a fancy car. I don't care. Some people don't like that though. Some your church don't like that. Your church certainly wouldn't like that. No, that church wouldn't like that. No clapping. No what clapping. What about to the beat of a song? No. Whoa. Our songs were like, Ooh, Jesus. <laughs> Hard to find the so, beat there. Yeah, hard no. to find the. And beat. I wanted I I was in the youth choir and I was told several times that when the youth choir was singing, I was like they loved all the adults in the church loved me because uh-huh. I would be up there. I can't help when there's music or I'm singing, I'm moving. Right? Really, even just like a shoulder, like a little. Ah! Like I can't help a it. Little Whitney Houston. I don't even right there, know yeah. I'm. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know I'm doing it. And they would just be like the whole. They would be like the whole line of kids was just singing, bored. Yeah. And then you're on the end like snapping. Yeah. Because <laughs> music for me was the channel. Like, right, and it is. Yeah. Is that, I, I that was where I felt spiritual. Well, music is. Yeah. I, I mean, like my father, I think goes to church exclusively for the music. And yeah, he, you know, he's Irish, and you know, a little bit emotionally mm-hmm. uh, not unavailable, but like he's not going to be wowed by an awesome sermon. Yeah, but you play a certain arrangement oh. of a song, and he's crying tears. Yeah, yeah. Me, I, I got in even even though the music was some of it was boring. I li- still liked it, and I was part of like a. Um, a youth group network in Richmond that was really, uh, really into music. Yes, and and I was all the Christian rock and all that stuff. I was like so into it. Really? Oh, so you were allowed yeah. to listen to that? That's not, yes, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't bad. like tear up your tapes. Jar- jars and stuff. of clay. Yeah, no, yes, yeah, third of day. Clay. The third day, jars of clay. A little bit of Amy Grant. Amy uh, Grant, Stephen Curtis Chapman, little uh-huh. Michael W. Smith. What? Wait, 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 wait. What is the what is the Michael W. Smith hit? Uh, the friends of friends forever. What is his other one? Um, there's one that I love. Looking for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to find my place in this world. My place. You started a little high for me. Well, oh, you started moving a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. I always sing. I always sing it like this. I go going through the motions. That's, that's not the lyric. Going through the motions, which is probably true for most people who are singing it. They're, they're just going through the motions. Well, you're bringing up so many thoughts for yeah. me. One of them is. One of the things that drives me baloney, I'm going to say, in church is that would be singing things and I, I can't shut off my brain enough sometimes. And I'm like, no one believes what we just said. Yeah. Uh, think like promises that we're making to God, comparisons that we're making to God, yeah. saying that you'd give your final breath to to be with Jesus uh, just for a yeah. minute or whatever, and you're like, uh, what? What is? It? Yeah, I guess you. Know, who cares what you use your final breath for? But like, it's well, like, for me, it was ultimately the language failed me. The language they were using failed me because mm. I felt like I knew the meaning, but the words they were using led people down a different path of believing. Say say what you mean. Okay. What do you mean? So <laughs> say what you mean. Well, um, Jesus didn't. Jesus was a person. We historians, most historians agree, Jesus was a human being. Yep. If we want to talk about proof of something, yeah. Um, he he was there. He said some shit. It got written down and probably reinterpreted a million times. Well, it got written down a lot later. Yes, it got written down later. Presumably, uh, it got written down at the, at the time, but we don't have. But that. his words, if uh, if you take them. You know, there's varying interpretations, but usually the like the basics come through, uh, like love one another. You know, the the beatitudes and stuff like that mm-hmm. is really, um, really radical for that time. 
So somebody thought this stuff, and somebody yes. said it, and it was a good point. Yeah. <laughs> and it may have come from Buddhism. Like maybe some people think Jesus went to. I know. I love and that. And studied Buddhism, like all that stuff. Yeah. Um, which, which brings into the idea that historians need to agree that Buddha was a person, too. Yeah. We have to bring that. Yeah. So there's like, you know, this message somehow uh, came through. Yep. Uh, from a long time ago. Can I interject yeah. with one thing? Mm-hmm. I think you'll think this is interesting. Yeah. When I was studying uh, in Israel, mm-hmm. I remember they taught, they taught me that really the only thing that Jesus said that was really unheard like everything, everything he said was kind of similar to other prophets, other mm-hmm. teachers, and stuff. He s- certainly said uh, it beautifully and, yeah. and told different parables and stuff. But the one thing that he said that no one had ever heard anything like was "love your enemy." That was yes. the thing that they were like, "That's that's the like, golden rule, that's novelty of, yeah. of Jesus. forgiveness, yeah. forgive others, and, and love them, and loving the people that hate you and that yeah. sort of stuff." The, uh, people yeah. that had like love one another, love pe- the golden rule, love people as you'd like to be loved. Or, but that's or, or, like th- a given. That's like a uh, like. Uh, I'll love you if you if you love me. Kind right. Of, if we, can, if we, yeah. It's a pyramid yeah. scheme of love. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'll love you yeah. in the way that but I you want you to give love it back. me. Yeah. Which actually people fall into all the time. Still, yeah. People like me and people like I don't think you'd mind me saying TJ. We're uh, we're we, we can be pretty selfless in our relationships. I, I of mm. course I'm feeling the people that I've mm. been in relationships laughing at that idea because I'm sh- certainly selfish <laughs> at other times. But there there's this giving stuff where you're giving and giving and giving, and then what starts to happen is you quietly resent that the other people don't do it for you. Mm-hmm. That that's the bullshit yeah. of giving. Or it's the and it big, makes you kind of unhappy. Or it's the uh, huge donation, but you demand a building be named after you. I guess that's where the building comes from. We yeah. do want some sort of recognition, I suppose. Yeah. But then, see, I've been thinking about this just in general, and I, I want to get back to what you were saying about Jesus, but the idea of doing – I just wrote Jesus on the paper. The idea, <laughs> the, the idea of doing anything with pure motives is kind of impossible. It's a very it, – it's uh, – you would die probably. What do you mean? Like you would be killed. I mean, like that's <laughs> <laughs> like you. You mean you, Jesus style? You'd be martyred. You'd be like, say, you won the lottery and you just like gave the winnings and, and never told anybody. I mean, right. I just feel like um, it's a very hard way. But like, okay, so because but even you look can't at that. Help it. You want some? Oh yes, feeling. My back. pastor told me yeah. the story of like. Uh, of uh, two, the newspaper gets delivered, and and you get two newspapers or something, and and you go to your neighbor's house, and you realize it's there, and you really hope they open the door as you're putting it on yeah. their stoop, so you can be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't want, fucking, yeah. what's so bad about yeah. that? That's how we are. We want to be no. rewarded. I have a very hard time. I'll do something generous for somebody. If I have one drink, I'm telling whoever's with me. I'll be like, I gave five hundred, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'm the same it way. Is. Yeah. But then, like, even in your example of the lottery, you win the lottery, and then you give it to charity. It could be argued, and I don't want to get too navel gazy here, that you're doing that to feel good mm-hmm. for about yourself. I think. Why would you do any? Most people do everything to feel good. Yes, and I think I, mean, I think that's the first step right there. I think even seeking pain is to feel good. What do you mean? Like masochists, like people who like cut themselves or whip themselves sure. or whatever. It gives them pleasure. Yeah. Right, right, right. Afterwards, or whatever. Like the ultimate goal is to feel okay. Right, absolutely. <laughs> and every, and every, I think, I think what you're saying that's really great, though, is it's the beginning. I'm, I'm interested in all. I'm reading this book called Awareness, which is really good. That uh, a weirdo and somebody I went to weird Christian college with, uh, Nate Gotham, 
recommended to me. And the book is all about how like you need to realize that everybody's selfish. And it's not it's not tragic. It's just what it is. It's your nature. It's this idea of like we we shouldn't be going around these things. We should be going through them. Mm-hmm. You know. And I really yeah. think that's great. It's like my I, like the person that I idealize the most is my mother. And when I read mm-hmm. that, I had a hard time being like my mother is selfish. That doesn't add up yeah. in my idea of her. But like. When I think about myself, I certainly am. Mm-hmm. Even even doing this uh, podcast, if we help somebody or something, if somebody is inspired or or, yeah. or, or uh, you know therapeutic therapeutized, whatever, <laughs> by it, and then they tell me, then I'm like, yep, I did my job, and I go to yeah. bed, and I'm like, I'm helping. It, it's, yeah. it's impure. It's imp- but I don't know if there's if it's possible to do anything purely. It's a weird one. It's a weird one to bake in your yeah. Oven. Go back to Jesus. Okay, back to Jesus. I, I was saying You're I got away from church because um, I don't think... Well, you're saying that history agrees that he existed and that he said yeah, some things. I don't think he... I don't think... I don't believe in the mumbo-jumbo of him. Like, he came back to life and, you know, he was dead and came back to life. And, like... Right. Um, I think it's metaphorical. And I think that we've misinterpreted someone's yeah. Yeah. teachings. Yes. Our brains at the time weren't evolved. They still aren't. To handle what he was saying, right, and um, so it got kind of like mythized. Yeah, it became like you know this huge up. leap of faith of like you know I, I mean and but then I'm sure you feel this sometimes too if you think about like if like when I think about like sometimes I yearn for a fellowship of believers in something. Sure, of course, and that feeling that I had um, of like connecting to something bigger than myself. Yeah. And I think about maybe going back to a church and I just stop when I think of anyone judging anyone else yeah. or anyone being against like, I mean, ultimately the gay thing is why I just right. couldn't go back to, and I know there are church, Christian churches that yeah. openly support gay yeah. marriage and gay relationships, <coughs> but they're so, so random and yeah. rare. Yeah. And I have a fear of those churches. Like, cause New York has every, it's whatever you want to believe. There is a group of people that are there doing it and you can go join them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they'll have the tradition of the stuff I like the songs. Like, yeah. I don't know if I, I'm like wanting something that doesn't exist, I think. Yeah. And I don't want people up my, up my, my butt about up like, vulva. are you up my vulva about like, are you, well, are you committed? Like yeah. I, that's, I Here's can't my stand word. that kind of shit. Accountable. Yes. Like, I'll be your accountability partner. Yeah. Did How you, about I'll just Did you journal to God today? Yes. Like, no. <laughs> I, I'll jerk off. I'll just, how about I just jerk off and not tell you about it? How's that sound? <laughs> How's that sound, John? Yeah. That was my friend. So, we, we used to keep each other accountable. It was such bullshit. Yeah. And that actually goes back to the uh, Oscar Wilde thing. When life was evil and sin was evil and all this stuff, I was so much more tempted by sin yeah. and like so much more controlled by it. And then yeah. when I kind of like let go of that idea, all that all that power kind of goes away. Yeah. But here here's a real noodle baker for you. So you grew up uh Baptist, mm-hmm. Southern Baptist. Yeah. And I, I feel I understand that yearning, that want for community, mm-hmm. ceremony, yeah. uh and the music. I think the anybody songs. anybody I could I, identify with the idea that the music corporate A group of people singing together yeah. with their hearts yes. open and sharing yeah. is it's very powerful. Yeah. If you haven't experienced it before, it, there's you nothing could, wrong with you. It's just I mean, and most people have experienced some kind of um, love or feeling of yeah. like elation over you know yep. a group of people. Sometimes it's at a concert. Like I, I cry at the beginning of every concert I've ever gone to because mm-hmm. it's a group of people all together mm-hmm. at once feeling something together. Mm-hmm. 
That's I, I, you know? I, I've said that to friends where it's like you don't want to watch uh, – if, if a movie or a TV show is on live, a sporting event is mm-hmm. on live, for example, we want to watch it together. We want to do things corporately. Yeah. It's built into our DNA to want to do things together, yeah. to experience that at the same moment. You get moment. outside of your own brain for a minute and exactly. you be part of something that is isn't, bigger than you. Isn't that what spirituality yeah. is? Yeah. Exactly. When I'm at the Hollywood Bowl and I'm I'm looking around, and that's just a place where you go to concerts, but it's outside and it's, it's exceptionally pretty, mm-hmm. and we're all cheering at the same time. Or if we're all singing along oh. to some song, everyone's letting go of whatever they uh, had before, and yeah. they're just you're gone. Your ego disappears. This mm-hmm. is the experience of mushrooms or meditation or prayer. I'm trying shrooms for the first time I have next so week. So many things to tell you, <laughs> and I'm so scared. <laughs> Oh, that's not the right attitude. I know, and that's why I'm scared of being. I'm like, you're scared, scared I'm going to fuck it up. Well, yeah. I mean, as everybody knows, it's, I haven't done them in over a year. But the last, well, I, I want to stay on this. Here, <laughs> yeah, we're not okay. going. I'm not. I'm going to write down mushrooms. Here's the thing that I was going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. And this is this is the biggest question that I have going right yeah. now for myself. I was in Utah, and those are the Church of Latter Day Saints. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ, the Mormons. Mm. Now, uh, here's what happens. Uh, thanks to wonderful people like Duncan Trussell, my heart is no longer hard towards uh, any church. Yeah. I actually I went to the temple. I thought it was lovely. Yeah. I talked to many mission uh, missionaries. Yeah. Thought they were great. Spoke to them. It actually, I know this is weird, but in the way that you were talking about talking to your mom in a real way, mm-hmm. I talked to the missionaries in a real way. I didn't talk to them in like missionary mode. I wasn't trying to be yeah. pious or anything. I swore in front of them and stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't deliberately, but I was just like, let me see what happens if I just talk to you normal. Here's the fucked up thing that I'm going to definitely be talking about in therapy this this week is that uh there's this there's this underlying comfort in the purity of that world mm-hmm. now there are different I, I jokingly all week called myself regular christian i, yeah, I, I said I, right. I, I grew up as regu- opposed to crazy christian i grew up regular yeah, regular that's christian. what i yeah, said that, that's, that's and they I loved it too. and i was like you should yeah. know that's how we see you guys that's yeah. how the rest of the world sees you we're regular and you're the weirdos <laughs> uh but of course i was joking and then like uh but something about the all the young people getting married, uh, the um, sweeping away of sexuality, the sweeping away of anything id-based, alcohol, loud mm-hmm. music, dancing, and then the byproducts of that lifestyle, and quote-unquote, uh, where it's like um, homeless people, drugs, uh, crime. Utah is like – was this like really – Salt Lake City specifically yeah. – super clean. Everybody's really, really friendly. And all of that stuff, just like in my own psyche for a lot of my life – it's swept to the corners. Yeah. And what's, here's the thing that I'm putting to you that's fucked up that I'm wrestling with right now is when I was there, I was all too happy to – I didn't drink the whole time I was mm-hmm. there. I didn't uh, you know, try and flirt with girls or anything. I jerked off a lot. This is like, this is like <laughs> yeah. old Pete stuff. Yeah. I kept my sexuality private and, mm-hmm. and extinguished. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the illusion almost that I belonged with them. Yeah. And that's fucking scary to me because yeah. it means remains. you're susceptible to a cult. I'm susceptible. <laughs> I'm certainly susceptible. Uh, I am too. <laughs> I'm right there because yeah. it's it's in our hard wiring. This, this, there's something about it that I was like, I joked on stage. I was like, this is like coming home for me. Mm-hmm. Now I don't believe what they believe, but what troubles me is this dichotomy, this clash of these two titans in my own body, in my own brain, in my own every part of my being, where part of me is 
enlightened and I'm like, we're all selfish and we're mm. all, uh, we all want the same things and we all want to fuck and we all <laughs> want to drink and connect and, and experience and I'm open-minded and, and I'm progressive and like mm. everything's cool and uh, I'd love a girl uh, with a, this kind of goes into relationships, <laughs> with tattoos who, who swears and <laughs> yeah. smoke a cigarette and uh, fucking do a three-way or whatever. All yeah. these things that I mm. think I'm comfortable with and then I know right the floor below that floor, there's a fucking Mormon service happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I can't. I and I, I've just yielded to it. I'm like yeah. that shit got built into me. Yeah, while the fear of judgment is big in me. Yes, talk it's, about that. I'm fear, and that's why I can't stand the majority of uh, Christian culture in this country. Is the judgment is just out of, and it's the opposite of the message. Yeah. The judging of others and saying uh, all other religions are wrong drives me insane. I can't be a part of it. I can't do it. If you think you're the only way to God, then fuck off. Seriously. (laughs) How do you know? (laughs) Everything they teach you is you don't know. God knows. So let go and stop trying to control everything. Well, we and want, just we realize want. that hell is in your ego and yeah. in your brain. And yeah. then when you die, you go to wherever it is that we all go to. I don't think heaven is like us walking around with like in the clouds with like a uh, there's like a, a Starbucks heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, heaven in star. Uh, and I there's can't one say. across the street from it too. Yeah, Jeez, <laughs> Louise. And there's a lo- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and there's a tip jar. Yeah, Jeez, and like we a- wear clothes. I mean, like no, a- heaven is to me is just you know. You disintegrate into, you know, that pure feeling or whatever. Yeah. Of love. And then, you know, your whatever your body was made of goes and, and joins the rest of the earth. I the mean the rest of the carbon. Yeah. Little, and that to me is beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But I and I think that's what Jesus was really talking about. Well, one of the most difficult things for me to wrap my brain around when I was a uh you know, regular believer, yeah. <laughs> as I called it, uh, was the idea that if I was raised in India, I would have been Hindu. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's just a trouble. I couldn't get around that. I, well, that's good. You yeah. you know what, Sarah? Yeah. You shouldn't be able to get around that. <laughs> just like I said, you have to go through yeah. that. And mm-hmm. I would always go around it. Mm-hmm. The idea just that not like, think about, a lot of people just choose not to think about things. You shouldn't it's too think hard. about it. It is, it, and, and it's not yeah. even too, it, it's inconvenient, it's mm-hmm. boring. And by boring, I mean it's depressing. It shakes their foundation of what they've put together as their way to hold on. Right. And, and that's a nice feeling. Yeah. That's a feeling that I enjoyed for mm-hmm. almost 28 years. Yeah. Pretty much 28 years really... Uh, and I wasn't a dummy, so I don't want anyone listening because I know we have a lot of uh, Christian listeners or whatever. Uh, I, I, did, I didn't think I was a dummy, and I don't look back on myself and feel like I was a dummy. But that was something that I wasn't willing to look into. The idea yeah. that if I had been raised in a different family, I would have been another faith. I always used to just say, well, um, I would have known that that wasn't real. I think I would have poured myself into Hinduism or Taoism yeah. or anything with the same fervor. Yeah. And I would have loved that's your personality. It. It's my personality. Seeking. I'm a, I'm a seeker. That's what it, yeah. it is. I, absolutely. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. But that, that's what I'm glad for people. I actually texted Duncan from the temple mm-hmm. and I said, it was very sentimental, but I'm kind of sentimental. And I was like, I called him brother. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> I really, uh, what? No, I just love it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm I, like I, so I, on board but, with this right now. But like, Heart hardening. This is something yeah. that I need to, and you know that term from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh was always hardening his heart, and mm-hmm. they speak out against that that hard heart. Uh, I realized that my heart had been made hard, callous mm-hmm. and gross and impenetrable, yeah. because I, I had so much anger associated with my own Christian yeah. upbringing. And then it took this fucking uh, 
awesome. I was going to call him a hippie. I'm trying to think of something funny, but it took Duncan, mm-hmm. this guy eating weed and going to Gnostic churches and stuff, yeah. to be like, no, there, there's truth. There's little bits of truth in all of them, yeah. you know. And I was like, then I went to the Mormon temple and enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I didn't go like, what a fucking nut job, this Joseph yeah. Smith guy. I was like. What a fucking trip. I mean, like he either he was a con man, okay, mm-hmm. or he really did think he went into the woods and met John the Baptist yeah. with his brother. I mean, whoa, who? Yeah. Who cares? Uh what what are they doing? What are they about? And yeah. I, I my heart felt open and I felt light. It's that sort of like uh you're only hurting yourself sort of thing. When yeah. when you shut the whole spiritual side of you down, I think you're losing losing something good. Yeah. And you're losing a way to connect with other people. Well, it goes back and to you're that losing, concert thing. You know, you're losing a way to maybe be, uh, I mean, some, I'm not, I, I am freaked out by the, like, when you die, it just stops. Mm-hmm. But that's how I've found my way through that is, is the, well, you can't stop because life doesn't stop. And the way that, you know, compost is the recycling thing yeah like circle of life la 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 <laughs> right right right. but it it comforts me and i i because uh even if my brain the sarah schaefer uh brain goes away you know um whatever light was coming through me keeps going interesting and it's it, it's ch- it's challenging because as you're saying that i'm reminded of my own comfort that i get from all of these beliefs even mm-hmm. even just then it's talking about uh, unsoftening, I guess we'll say softening mm-hmm. my heart, made me feel better and happier. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking to people about um, near-death experiences and, and talking to people about astral projection, out-of-body experiences, talking to people about uh, faith. And, and, and we were just talking about on the show George Harrison when he died and he was a big spiritual-seeking mm-hmm. guy, that the room was filled with light and everybody yeah. felt him go sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, what does that do? That all of that, I'm guilty of all of that making me feel better. And then that makes me sus of my own my own uh, acceptance of these things you know but what I mean? what's the big it, it, to me as long as you're not hurting anyone with what you believe right. that's when i get mad when if you're using your spirituality your religion to hurt others it, that's where i'm like you're wrong right. that, that's when i start judging ha. but if you just believe something it brings you comfort i don't care happy good for you and right. be a you know if it makes you a better person in this world then you know but it's I, when people use it against each other that i just can't tolerate yeah it's interesting when religion gets warped and turned into something like the crusades or whatever yeah. but then I, I i remember also being like at the same time if people are like, I really do believe this, then they would be like literally believe the the Bible or literally mm-hmm. believe the Quran or whatever you want to uh, pick. You would be extreme about it and you would yeah. do weird fucking weird things and go to yeah. war and, and be aggressive missionaries and all this sort of stuff. But it's full of contradictions. So if you say you believe the Bible literally, how can you live? Well, I, yeah, I, but I remember hearing that when I was a kid and I was like, it's all context. I don't understand where the contradictions are. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and, and you can get into that with anything. You can be yeah. like, it says this, but like, really, uh, it doesn't really mean that or it does or, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's all kinds of translations and yeah. books that apparently were left out. And I love that kind of stuff. I'm yeah. All into that shit. Yeah. What are those called? The Apocryphal. B- the- uh, yeah. Apocryphal writings. There was one phrase that they, I think it was, you know, probably talking about the Da Vinci Code or something that like, or no, some some movie about like 
Stigmata. I think the movie was called Stigmata. I don't know, some terrible movie. And the like the racy, like controversial verse that they found in this book, which is a real I looked it up, it's a real verse, which is like God is everywhere. Yeah. He's not in a church. And that was what That's people, in the Bible? God is everywhere? No, it's not. Oh, yeah. It's in a, one of those uh, uh, extra books that people think maybe. I believe um, it's the Gospel of Thomas. Yeah. I'm not yes, sure. Yes, it is the Gospel of Thomas. Yeah. Stigmata taught me that. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we've learned a lot today. Yeah. That, that's, uh, that's um, what is it? It's, it's, it's pantheism. It's the idea that God is everything sort of yeah. thing. And then if God is everywhere, we can't control him. We can't put him in a room and be like, he's here. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I kind of feel like God is everywhere. Yeah. Whatever that, whatever that yeah. means. My own thoughts, my own uh, feelings on this are so wishy-washy. Yeah, I mean, I go back and forth. Right now, I'm pretty... I, I when um, Obama came out in support of gay marriage, I was reminded of a song that I love by Ron Sexsmith. Uh, and it's called... It's not. He's not a Christian singer or any... He's just an indie Going rapper. through the motions. <laughs> he's no Michael W. Um, no Mike Dub. But uh, it's this song called God Loves Everyone. Mm. And it's about how everyone goes to heaven and even no matter what even a person a criminal or a universalism person, yeah that's somebody just, universalism somebody I just, might be that somebody just wrote me <laughs> yeah. a wonderful weirdo I, i've been bad about replying to the emails but i do read them for the most part yeah. but just can't be bothered I, there's, <laughs> there's just too many i can't it's hard to write back but somebody wrote me a lovely one and it was about it was like sounds like you might be a unitarian universalist which yeah. was like a slur <laughs> that was the U yeah. word when I was growing yeah. up. Like you couldn't call anybody that. But I was like, "What? What? We should all be so gracious as to think that that yeah. everybody goes to heaven." Well, I, I listened. I looked the song up, and I was just sitting on my couch. I mean, I haven't wept that hard. You wept. I wept. I mean, I sobbed. This See, song that's... is so beautiful, and it's so written so well, and it's just like it's a. Lu- it sounds like a lullaby, and it's like. That's what I when my mom was dying when when people are they're just fighting there like just I hate you and I want to kill you and and you're making me mad I just want to be like we're just little babies like down in our hearts we're just little crying out babies and we just want love mm-hmm. and if everyone would just accept that that when you die you get released from that feeling mm-hmm. then you know everything would be better and that's why I was crying about it I was like why can't people just see that this is not that big of a deal. Yeah. Life is so short. Like yeah. that's what you're gonna worry. You're gonna go protest. Yeah. Uh, that's what you're gonna spend your time on. Yeah. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Wait, how was how was your mom's uh, faith? Was that a part She's of her? Very strong Christian. Oh really? Um, loved Jesus. Loved had a very JC. personal relationship with Jesus, and uh, she and I had a lot of really good talks when she was. Dying. She was one of her main concerns was that she wanted before she died. She wanted to make sure that one day in her mind, we would all be in heaven together. And she wanted to know that we believed that so that, cause she did believe you've got to believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to explain to her what I've been talking about here today. And, um, in that mom, I, I, I do believe it. I just don't know if I use the same words as you. And I don't know if I can condemn others. And I hope that in your mind, I'm still allowed to join you. Yeah. Isn't that weird? You man? Know, it's that, funny like, that your yeah. God will let me in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that we can be together. Like but I to believe find, it. Yeah. You know, I said I believe it. I just want you to be to go peacefully knowing that we will be together. We'll be joined God, in some way. Have you seen The Invention of Lying? Just like I half watched it. And it was. Did you half watch the scene where his mother's dying? <laughs> no, I did not see that scene. Uh, oh, no, wait. He's like telling her. Yeah. 
Wait, Sierra, I do. Vaguely I don't want to be within a block radius of you when you see that scene. That that would. I was devastate half watching you. and it didn't devastate me. Are you well? Fucking full watch that shit. That's some. I remember it vaguely now. Yes, it did. That yeah, it made scene. Me cry. I'm now remembering. He's like basically devastating. Letting her go, like giving. Well, her she's what she dying to and go. she's yeah. afraid. Yeah. And she's talking about the big black nothing. Yes. And then he no, says, now I remember. And then he yes. and he starts crying and while he explains he's what heaven is. And he goes, "No, you're going to be young again, and you're going to all oh, the yes, people no, that I remember. You, you, it's so sweet. Dad'll be teary-eyed. there, and I'll be there. And oh. she's like, and the oh, look and on her Jennifer face. Garner or wh- well, that's when uh, Jason like, Bateman, the doctor, hears him say, "Yeah, right, right." And that's when he becomes the Jesus thing. It's great just for that scene, actually. I, all I these people like, have a question. Yeah, Eric Andre is one of them. Yes, so good. <laughs> God, that movie is great. I but forgot. That, I, I forget movies with, yeah, after I've seen them. That's I understand. A, a very, my very mom was like now. that. I'm like that too. Okay. I go, what was that movie? We yeah, just saw it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Well, so, uh, oh God, that that troubles me thinking about my mother. It's almost like I, I would want to be able to tell my mom that, like, I believe in Jesus and that we'll be together in the Jesus heaven. You know, mm-hmm. in the Jesus heaven. In the Jesus heaven. heaven. Yeah, I'd like to in think the regular heaven. In the regular heaven. <laughs> right next to, go to Mormon. If you hit Mormon heaven, you went too far. <laughs> Do a U-turn. Come back to regular heaven. Uh, yeah, well, interesting and terrifying. Well, uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about, about your mom. I don't know what, I don't know what to ask you, though. I don't know what to say. What are we going for here? I, I will say my mom, uh, I think also what's, so- it softened me a lot yeah. to see her die. Um, yeah. I mean, it really was beautiful. I mean, in a way it was horrifying, but it was beautiful. I mean, she just, well, she was ready and she needed permission to die. Like she had been told she had six to nine months to live. And then um, she was too weak to get up the stairs. So they brought in, the bed and that to her what she was very upset when they brought in the bed she was, you mean brought a hospital bed the, to the hospice house? bed yeah like brought to the house and she was very upset she was like not yet that means in her mind that was like this is it i'm dying and two weeks later she died oh, they cool. said she had a while but it was i think she was really ready to go and it was so sick I why mean, did she get mad she was mad i thought she you said she was kind of ready to well go. she wanted a little more time you always yeah, want a little yeah, you're bargaining yeah, you know yeah, yeah. like um and but she was uh um and the hospice nurse i mean anyone who's dealt with hospice before those people they're angels on earth yeah if there is such a thing like people who are truly they help you die yeah. I mean, and they help the family deal with it. They know the woman knew what was happening. I mean, it, it, when we were, she came in and she got, you know, moment, once my mom is in, in the bed, she goes, I think you guys need to get ready. I can mm. tell. Really? And then she said, um, and we were like, really? And she was like, um, and then, it, you know, we were like, okay, everybody come home. Like, you know, get ready. Like, it'll be the next couple of weeks. At this point, it had been, you know, a week of her in the bed. And then, and then a couple of days went by and, and then the hospice nurse was like, I, sh- I think she has like 48 hours. 48 hours later, my mom died. Like the woman just knew by looking at her, by her breathing. She said, you know, you can look at her breathing. When this starts happening, that means that's shutting down. When this starts, ha- look at her little bag. Like when it, when it stops, hmm. you know, like that means this is dying. And I was like, just didn't know anything about this. And mm-hmm. I was like, it was crazy. And we took shifts, like sitting with her, so that she would never be alone. Hmm. I'm sorry, I'm getting choked up. It was, <laughs> no, um, it was just, um, 
crazy and there was one moment where the hospice nurse was there it was about two my mom had stopped talking at this point and uh or she well she was mumbling or you know like she wasn't really with it and um the hospice nurse came in and was trying to adjust her and she like oh she looks uncomfortable let's make her a little more comfortable and my mom got startled and she went this is the last words i ever heard her say was, i can't <laughs> believe i'm saying this i've like never told this to anyone <laughs> this is it um podcasting <laughs> I comedy she, podcast i thought guys. you said this is it i was like no oh she, my god i didn't mean to make you think that no, she, she requested said, the michael is, jackson film <laughs> these are the last words i ever heard her say <laughs> which is sad she went not yet not yet not yet and i think she thought you know like that the moving was like some sort of someone taking the body. her away or, or yeah. her body you know and um and the hospice nurse was so gentle with her, like treating her like she was a baby. Mm. She says, it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. she just, I heard the hospice nurse say, you can go. Really? And it killed me. Wait, <laughs> she didn't. Me she did, yeah, it's killing me too. Um, uh, she said, you can go. You can go. It's okay. And she said it just like that. Like she would to a little baby. Like, it's okay. Yeah. You don't need to cry anymore. And yeah. it was just the sweetest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that woman... What was her name? I don't name? remember her name. Uh, I only knew Angel. her. We'll just yeah. call her Angel. I only knew her for a few days, and she just those people—they do it for free. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're in the business. Well, she gets paid, I guess, through the nonprofit ishness sure, of sure. it. But how um, soon after that did she? She didn't go then. Did, no, I it was like two days later. That, that was the uh, forty-eight yeah. hour point, and um, you know, it was crazy. It's it's a lovely. And you're right. It's very sad. Yeah, it's really sad. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, 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 no. I'm glad. No, I'm glad and, to hear you know, about it. But um, it's weird. It's, so yeah. you know, because we're talking about dying right now. So your mom had some kind of idea of like what it might feel like to die. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah. I, I've, I've, I have a joke about that. As weird as that yeah. sounds, uh, is that we? Oh, look at Katie with the yeah. tissue. <laughs> I thought you were leaving. <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. Yeah. It's Catherine. Uh, her name's not Catherine. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> it's Katarina. <laughs> Katarina. But I mean, that idea that we don't know what it feels like, but your mom was was getting closer and, mm-hmm. and kind of had an idea that's really kind of interesting to me. It's, and, and they just assured us, like, she does not feel any pain. Like, And they said, you know, the death rattle. Yeah. Oh, it's, Wait, is that a real thing? The death rattle is when they're starting to go in the last few days and they are doing this insane breathing. I mean, it's like... <laughs> No. I mean, it's awful. That's what a death rattle is? It's a death rattle. And and they're assuring you. They're like, she doesn't feel pain. I mean, she's on enough morphine. You need to con- you need to understand that she's in lot. She is in a in twilight La La stage. She feels good. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't need to worry. And she said, you know, sometimes people just sit up and talk and then they lay down and die. I mean, like, she's right. like, you need to... They, we don't understand that much about this, but we do believe that there's no pain because like you it, they would act differently if they were in pain and right. if they were awake it would be awful you know and, right right um but um the breathing she said the breathing will get crazy for about 12 hours two days to 12 hours it'll be like that crazy <gasps> and it was just i mean she had oxygen and stuff but it was just i guess i don't know why it's <sighs> just the body starting to shut down and she said in the last few hours of her life usually what happens is um the, the breathing becomes very soft 
and subtle. And I was so comforted by that. I was like, oh my God, like, thank no, God. No it's, more it's weird just like, <gasps> yeah. bonk. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, what? That's too cartoonish. Please, and, um, don't let it be that. I was with her on the last shift before she died. Like, my dad, I was awake 3 to 6 a.m. with her, and she was doing that breathing. And I was like, I know it's coming, like, soon. You mean the soft breathing? The soft breathing had started. She was very calm and peaceful. And then my my I went back. My dad came down to relieve me. I went to bed, and then an hour later, he came and got me. Hmm. And um, it was it was a moment. So your parents your parents were still together. Yeah, yeah. And your dad's religious too. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, he's uh, meh. how old? Uh, Sixty two. She yeah. was. She was. I'm sixty two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was sixty two. <laughs> now I really want to know what dark jokes you were making. When oh. you said she had six to nine months to live, I went sixty nine. That's what I did. In my 69. brain. My brain uh, is going. Oh, we're talking about death. We should be making more jokes. Arnold voice again. Getting we went uh, a, f- a week or two before she died. We were going through. She. My mom was like a pack rat, and she had like er, under every. You know, every uh, under every bed and in every closet, there was another suitcase or box or bag, hmm. and you would open it up, and it would just be her junk from that moment in her life. Huh. And then it come to the point where my dad couldn't stand the clutter anymore, and she'd throw it all into a bag and just shove it somewhere, and then never look at it. So yeah. I went through all these bags. I mean, thank God we did this because if we did to do it when she was dead, it would have been so hard. So we went through all this stuff and before like she every died. yeah before me and her went through the whole thing we took a whole day and I would open it up and we just she would just be like oh, I am sick I mean look at it and it would be like pencils like <laughs> snacks makeup money like that she had just thrown in there and shoved somewhere and she'd be like oh your God. dad's like get this fucking money out of yeah, here yeah we just and we just went through it all and, and and she was it was when I said people have to do lists you know she she was like oh, I want to do something with those picture frames put those in the keep pile like mm-hmm. I mean she was really and and I thinking about that for a long time I couldn't think about it without breaking down because it was just she was. She had things to do. Mm-hmm. She still had projects, mm-hmm. little crafts and cards she wanted to send to people. And that was hard for me to think about, to see those piles of stuff we were going to work on. What do you mean? Like cards? Yeah. yeah like, oh, I want to send this to, you know. Oh, I see. Blah, blah, blah. Or I want to do something with that, you know. Oh, I have to give that back. You know, like all this stuff. Yeah. You know, you make little piles when you're get, doing yeah. care of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her piles were pointless and you, it was really sad you want to hear one of the weirdest uh, questions ever for me this <laughs> is what, what my brain is giving me when when seinfeld's father died he said in his book he was like my father lived long enough to see me make it in comedy and that mm-hmm. was like important to him and honestly that's a consideration for me this is like one yeah. of the most fucking weird thing what's the name of the show yeah. the idea that i'm like oh i'm glad i've made it to this level mm-hmm. that my father has seen me i don't know on television yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, that means something to me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get that in. And I'm glad that happened while they were living. Yeah. So your mom got to see you do comedy. Did she? She got to see me. She. I wish she could have seen what I've done. I mean, I've, you know. Well, four years ago. She time. was the biggest uh, fan of me. And really? she believed. I mean, she believed in every dream I had. I could tell her my embarrassing dreams. I want to do this one day. And she would just be like, oh, you're going to do it. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, you're oh, you're definitely going to do that. So like, your mom's like, my mom, I have a yeah. hard time being like, oh, she was doing that to make herself feel good. These moms, these moms are I the know. exception. I mean, she, if I called her and got something, I mean, she would be like, yeah! <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> running around screaming and just like, oh my 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, oh, my she God. so just enthusiastic yes. and like my biggest fan yes. you know and now i've accomplished a lot after she's died and yeah it's really just thinking about you know i won two emmys and going up on that stage i, I could have brought her with me you yeah know? and like yeah. those when it's really hard well that the good moments are when i miss her the most yeah not when the bad stuff i'm just like in my own shit when i'm depressed right i don't want my mommy right i want my mom when moms when I, are hard man i'm not trying yeah. to make you sad but moms are no, the I'm, vessel I'm, I'm that we that we come it. out of they're our yeah. entryway into mm. the world yeah so i'm not saying it's worse. their vulva the vulva <laughs> brought us forth <laughs> we, we drove a, a i drove a 1979 vulva to get here <laughs> There's that sweet, sweet <laughs> laugh we've been needing. No, 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 I don't want you to think that we need to make this funny, but I'm glad. No, 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 I'm, it, I'm, this it, is how I talk about it, it normally. It, felt, yeah. it, it did feel good to laugh at 79 yeah. Volvo, though. Yeah. I remember somebody saying who had lost both their parents, there's something about like the, the vagina elevator, to mm. use Duncan's term, mm-hmm. going away. And you're like, that's mm. what I came out of. You know what yeah. I mean? There's something special about uh, women and the. Feminine. I was lucky to have a really good relationship with her. And so yeah. that person is gone. You know, yes. and she's the closest person to me that's ever died. Let's get bonkers. Mm-hmm. Do you have any of so you things have gone well so far? There are people, mm-hmm. and I don't want to plant this in mm-hmm. your head, and I don't even know how I feel about mm-hmm. this. But that whole idea of your mom pulling for you from some other side, sort of thing. Um, after she died, I was really just ready. I was like, "Mom, show yourself." Really? Like whatever you want to do, but just don't scare me. Did you have any weird moments uh, where you're no, like, "No, I kept wanting one." Oh, but everybody from the church had one. Ah! I mean, everybody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I saw a butterfly on my minivan. I think it was your mom. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Seriously. Claire. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't even know you, woman. Get right, away from right, me. Right, right, right. There was this one woman at the funeral that came up and she goes, now, I was severely abused as a child. <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing at abuse. This is the beginning not, of the I'm conversation not, at a funeral. Yeah, she yeah, comes yeah, up yeah, to me yeah, and yeah. Says, most people are like, oh, you, oh, you look just like your mom. Right. You know, or like there were such sweet things. I was severely abused as a child. Mm, <laughs> and because of that, I can talk to Jesus. And I can talk to other people too. And last night, Why your mom you just came hand you a to card me. That said, "I'm special." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and she was like, "And your mom, she she came to me and she spoke to me, and um, she said, now she got that quizzical look mm. that a psychic will mm-hmm, get mm-hmm, mm-hmm, when they're about to not at all drop like, a bomb on you, like a person pretending to be psychic." <laughs> <laughs> she goes, "Now." And she almost did the thing where she touched her head. Uh-huh. Like, now... Touch the temple. Concentrating, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, she said something about, hmm, there being no more pain. Does that ring a bell with you? And I was like, you mean what everyone says when someone dies? This man, I, I hate this woman. I don't know why. Hate this, this woman. Is, this is one of the weirdest things why to me. Why are you saying that to me? Right. Ugh. About the churching community yeah. in general... That I've always disliked is that there's – it's a safe spot for, for loonies a lot of the time because you can't – Any community any is, community. is a yeah, safe yeah. spot for the loonies. But especially any tight-knit any, any church where you're supposed you're, – you're, you're, there's an edict to love and forgive mm. and be kind and all that sort oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah. You have to, you have to deal with the loonies. Like, <laughs> your mom came to me and you're like, oh, thanks, Beth. You know what yeah. I mean? When – Really, you want to be like uh, Tony Soprano? Be like, get the fuck out! Of- who are you talking to me? But you can't. It was I know. I was just like, thank you. 
and like tried to run something away. I was about like, no more pain. Yeah, it, I was expecting something like she said something about um, that that prom dress that she surprised you with. Right, it was purple. I mean, you know, like something right, right, specific, right, right. You know, and if that <laughs> scene was in a movie, it would be edited out. That scene is not a good scene. And it should have been a good scene. Like, At the funeral, yeah. abused psychic approaches. <laughs> if I was reading the screenplay, I'd be like, here we come, here we go. Something here we about go. no pain. <laughs> Actually, if it's a comedy, it's a great scene. <laughs> yeah. That is so cliche. Oh, so bad. Oh, God. But yeah, no, I've never felt a, um, like, oh, my mom's with me. You know, like, yeah. I've just felt um, that I embody her. You feel like the extension of your mother yeah yeah Yeah. that i try to just live as if she's she's like in me right right like in my heart you know like what would she do and um if that's a way of her guiding me by giving me that feeling well that's what maybe when you were saying that you forget movies instantly yeah it's funny it's funny how we're tied to our parents in these ways that like i haven't hung out with my dad or my mom extensively in a very long time. Mm. But I do things all that. This is nothing new. I do mm. things all the time that I'm like, oh, I'm just like my dad. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and I didn't even necessarily learn it from him, but it's in there. It's like these character traits are in us and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I forget where I was going with that, but it, it's interesting that that's how your mom yeah. continues and you forgetting movies, I guess is yeah. my point. Yeah. That, that's I how hear her voice in mine and I've actually been really excited because I'm, I've always been wondering what is my stand-up voice like. What's my voice on stage? Yeah, and because um, I've you know I think when you're working on your act and honing it and figuring out really what is your voice, I'm close to finding it. I feel like mm-hmm. and where are you at? Um, time-wise, well, I don't know because I don't I didn't do it the way everyone else did it. I'm ten years into trying to be a comedian. Okay, but I was doing improv and I was like doing and I was always doing solo stuff on stage. But like I, I was very insecure about the fact that other people would not think of me as a stand-up. Mm-hmm. They would think of me as some other type of performer. And and I finally had to I would do songs or I'd have a slideshow or a video I would show. And finally, I just was like, I'm losing all of that because I need to learn how to talk mm-hmm. and just be funny and write and a joke. When did that happen? Recently? That was uh, in two. Yeah, that was recent. That was 2008. But were you saying that you feel like your mom's cadence or literally her voice is, her voice coming, is out? coming out? And I'm realizing that's where I should just settle into because sometimes I worry I'm sounding like someone else mm-hmm. uh, that I'm friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikki Glaze? There's been moments. Nikki and I, I, both, I, th- I thought Nikki you were I, implying that. No, Nikki know. and I both talk about how when we're on stage, sometimes we hear our um, each other in our, when like she she goes. Sometimes I feel like I'm doing you, right? And I'll say, well, sometimes I feel like I'm doing you, but rarely, you know, right. do I do that. It's, it'll just be a cadence or something. Right, but right, I don't. Right. Our style of comedy is so different. I'm mm-hmm. not worried about mm-hmm. it. Like I don't do what she does, and mm-hmm. she does not do what I do. So. Um, but yeah, she's... Uh, we're all mosaic. I'm a big, everybody knows, proponent of that. I don't, I don't think we need yeah. to be ashamed of the fact that we're you mosaics of everybody you, Yeah, you, you know. can't help it. And, you know, I don't... People are like, you don't have a Southern accent. I'm like, well, I was with a guy for 10 years that was Italian from Philly. And I have this weird yeah. combo deal accent. Right. And, you know, people think I'm Jewish all the time. Like, I mean, I don't know. Right, right, right. right. But I'll... I'm finding when I get back into my mom's voice a little bit on stage um, is when... It feels like me. That's funny. You know? Yeah. Um, 
That's great. Not an impression of my mom, just her essence. style, her yeah. essence. Yeah. Well, it's there to steal yeah. or there to right. mimic. And it feels, I'm like, yeah, and it helps me become myself because I'm not like, you know, going too far in the direction of someone that maybe influenced me or, you know, um, and I've been trying to become less meek because when I get nervous on a show, I'm a totally different comedian. I really? Mean, I'm like. Nerves will sabotage hey, hey you. guys. <laughs> I'm a mumbling comedian now. I'm, I'm, I'm Morgan Murphy. Like I mean, I'm like I've become something else. Yeah. But when I I have to concentrate to not fall into that if I'm not nervous. get nervous. If I get nervous, like I did meltdown uh, the other the Wednesday other last night, Wednesday, and I was really nervous about that show because I feel like I'm a little bit not ready for that show, mm-hmm. and um, I really worked hard to not fall into that like I'm scared mode and yeah. just come out and attack. Yeah. And that's when I feel like I sound like my mom the most. Huh. You know, just being like, I'm this and I'm that. You know, like, that's not so that I, weird. that's not my comedy at all. I'm this and I'm that. It's but. so, I, I feel like we're at the mercy of when, yeah, as much as I'd like to say that I'm in control and I do like to think I'm in control of my life for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. but my performance life that I can turn it on, that I can find, like today, okay, for example, I had this audition and it was important. Mm-hmm. And the character was this like stockbroker type who was very, very confident. I was mm-hmm. like, no problem. I'm like a confident auditioner. Mm-hmm. This is perfect for me. I'll go in. But I woke up and just wasn't feeling it. I yeah. wasn't feeling that way. Yeah. And then it's then our job, this bizarre job, to feel that way anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And manufacture that feeling. But whenever I do, it always feels artificial. If I yeah. go up and try and act confident instead of it's, try and be confident. I know. But it's, it's really, so hard. It's almost impossible to, to coach yourself into being like, no, I'm going to be confident now. I screw up every audition and showcase. Uh, I mean, I can't get Montreal. Like, I can't get those things yet. I don't right. know. I haven't figured it out. I know my jokes are good enough, mm-hmm. given what I've seen other. I'm not. You know what it is? Can I? Given can what I, else I've seen sure, make it through. Sure, sure, sure. I know my jokes are, mo, mo, some of my jokes are good enough for them, right. for TV or for whatever. But for whatever reason, I just can't, I can't like. I can't clinch it. I, I can't think, clinch the win. I know, I know what you're saying, and, yeah. that, and, that, and that takes a long time to get yeah. over, but I think there's a certain uh, resignment to it that mm. allow like, there's this beautiful, people get things when they don't really need I know. them sort of thing. I got Montreal the year that I was like, things are happening anyway, and then yeah. I got Montreal, and all my managers and agents who I already had yeah. came. Actually, my, I didn't have my agents yet, but mm. people that were aware of me came, and I was like, oh, this is a natural extension. So the year that I got, I think it was my fifth time auditioning, mm. I got it, and I had this attitude of like, obviously. It's like yeah. the Shawshank Redemption, Red Morgan Freeman, gets released the year that he goes, and he's like, I'm old and I don't give a fuck. And every mm-hmm. other year he was like, I'm rehabilitated. Please let me out. And they yeah. wouldn't let him out. Yeah. And the one year that he's just like, who it's cares? when you think they're not looking. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, right. You know, and I, I've got to get over that. Cause sometimes, you know, I see other people win in yep. those scenarios yep. when the, when the pressure's on, they just nail it. That's one of and, our skill sets though. It, yeah. it, it, it's gonna, it's something that standups have to be able to do is turn it on at some point, at least to the point where yeah. people can't tell you're doing it. I've, I've always said that something that that's really, I've always said, but I say, and I believe that like doing a late night appearance is very nerve wracking yeah. and your job is to act. It's almost like an actor to act like a person that's yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. That, and that, that is something that I'm proud that I've been able to do yeah. a couple times. Yeah. But like, so I totally get it. It actually reminds me of, and it brings us back to mushrooms a little bit that mm-hmm. I, 
idea of being nervous ruining everything. I know. And you talking about being afraid of doing the mushrooms. They just on Mad Men were like, it's like they're talking about acid. But yeah, like, I saw that. It's scene, a boating yeah. trip, and you don't yeah. set off thinking about it crashing. Yeah. And I, so I'm with you though. The last time I did them, I had a bad experience. Mm. It wasn't even that bad, but it was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Bad enough that I'm afraid that every yeah. time I, t- I took. Uh, Somebody, I couldn't, I was, had a hard time sleeping and I took a half an Ambien that somebody yeah. had given me and then I became terrified. It was Harris Whittles mm-hmm. and I called him and said, Harris, I just took half an Ambien, which is like a comically yeah. Yeah. low dose of Ambien. But my brain now associates taking a drug. Ambien can make you feel kind of hallucinogeny, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And I was so terrified. I was like, am I going to? He was like, no, you're going to go to sleep. And I was like, I hope so. And of course I did. <laughs> but I'm with yeah. you. I, I have that fear now. But we have to yeah. get rid of that fear if we're going to have these nice experiences. Yeah. When are you going to do it? It sounds like you have it planned. I don't. I, well, I've mentioned it to Scott. Um, Who's we're, Scott? I'm my kidding. boy. Uh, 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 <laughs> 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 I, uh, we're going to be up in the in Oregon and you know Sounds I kind of want to go in the woods and um and do that. Yep. I don't I don't think I want to be in any kind of con- enclosed space or anywhere. No, outside is nice. Yeah. I need to be outside, I think. You know I have like 50,000 rules about this. Okay. Uh He's pretty experienced. He has a Okay. He, so his chill I actually would prefer you not to tell me the rules because I like uh, get obsessed with rules. Yeah. I think that will make me all cagey about it. Scott is very like, "Oh, it'll be fine." And so I'm just trusting him. Right. And I think that will That's lower good. my anxiety That's level good. with it. Being outside is good. You're yeah. right. That's, yeah. I, we won't go over my Don't rules. Don't go over the rules with me. I, I, I I'm a rule person and I'll get all anal and ups- upset about it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, it's great. So you've never done anything like that? No, I've done, I've smoked weed, um, but it does nothing. I f- don't feel high. I felt high once when I took like 25 hits off a vaporizer. Really? And we have My a, first question is do you know how to smoke? Some people don't know how to smoke. I I thought I thought I thought that was the problem. Uh, um we got a vaporizer and I just will inhale it t- hit after hit and just feel really? nothing. Really? And, and I can't really smoke it though because my lungs are like little babies and can't Right. Have you stuff. ever eaten it? Well, I don't I'm no. not I'm not and even a big uh, I I I I could eat it. I I I haven't eaten it yet. So if I think that might do something, but I also hear that that's a different whole different thing. Yeah, eating it is more similar to is is more similar to mushrooms. I don't I, well yeah. it, it's hard because it's in you, I guess. Yeah. You know it's funny because You're I was digesting like, it and it takes yeah, well, longer. The, the reason people freak out, I think, is because they it takes long time. It takes a long time. Takes so long time. you eat a little bit, and you're like, it's not working, and, and then, then you, you eat, eat more. too much. Yeah. yeah, so you just have to eat a little bit and wait. Yeah. And it's the same thing with mushrooms. You'll be completely fine. Next time I do it, I'm going to eat like a tiny amount. Yeah, and that's just what be I would the do. Best just way a to tiny amount just to it. see if it even affects me, and then. Uh, one one girlfriend and I took a what I would consider an incredibly low dose, and it was one of the best days of my yeah. life. It was incredible. Yeah. You don't have to go nuts. No, but that's that's going to be some uh, that's going to be some other side stuff. I hope it's great. The I first hope so I want to get spiritual. <laughs> I, I think that's what you should do. Yeah. Again, to talk about George Harrison, we were talking about uh, we, me and George, uh, we're talking about in uh, his documentary. That's how he speaks to me through a documentary. <laughs> he was talking about how he went, the Beatles went to uh, Haight Ashbury in San Francisco, mm. and he he was big into LSD. But he was big into LSD as like this tool to like a, a spiritual awakening sort yeah. of thing. Then he went to Haight Ashbury, and it was all these like fucking privileged white hippies, kind of like our kind of like you or I, mm. our, our hipsters. Yeah, and they were just kind of like getting high yeah you know what i mean so i I, yeah. I think you know if that's what you want to do that's fine but i also think it is an opportunity to kind of have uh, a meditative thing happen yeah just, automatically yeah 
You also might want to try meditation, which is just something I got into. Uh, yeah. I've been wanting to try that. I saw Oprah do a thing about it. And That's now. the kind I'm doing. Transcendental yeah. meditation. Yeah. It's very... It blew my mind. I was like, oh, I got to try this. You but... absolutely should. Yeah. There's no reason not to. And yeah. it's very, it's very, uh, it's, it's, it's in the same family as doing something like mushrooms. So it would yeah. kind of be a, a little dip in that pool, I guess. Mm-hmm. You're going to have such a great time. I'm so ready. I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to freak you out. Well, let's talk about Scott. He's a comedian yeah, he and is. I knew that he's yeah. great. I'm sorry. He's... Why have I not seen him? I've seen him a couple times, I suppose. Uh, he's, uh, been hanging around. Uh, he, he, um, has he been doing it the same as you? No, he's, uh, started in Seattle for a couple years and then came to New York with Rory Scovel and mm-hmm. Andy Haynes. The three of them lived together and were doing comedy together. And he was a little behind them in time wise with stand up. And, um, so he's been doing stand up three and four years, I guess. And he's oh, really? starting, he, he's young in stand up. Uh-huh. Um, but he's not a young man. He's 35. Mm-hmm. And, um, he struggles sometimes with that, like, you know, his friends are younger and further oh than him. But he's such a, uh, he's a really amazing person. I mean, he's like very even keeled. He does get frustrated by things, but not the way I, I'm like crazy neurotic. I freak out. And he's just like, you know, it's okay. Like, just fuck him. You know, like, he's just really kind of zen. Yeah, he really is. And, um, and he's just, he's got so many talents. Like, he, I love comedians who are well rounded. Mm hmm. You know, that have other things that they like to do or talk about. Like, I get very fatigued with, like, too much... Comedy talk. Comedy talk or too much, like, Montreal callback. Like, I just don't... Yeah. Like, can we talk about something else? Right, right, right. Um, and, yeah, that'll But I, I... Don't get me wrong. Love analyzing comedy. Nobody, in the comedy scene. Like, nobody thinks you don't yeah. like that. Yeah. And I'm sure he does, too. But um, what do you mean? What, what are what are you interests that you guys share? He, uh, we don't even share that many interests. You don't just... share them. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What? <laughs> I'm picturing, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm picturing uh, you on uh, some sort of uh, mountain picnic. Yeah, we um, we're very uh, just well matched, and he uh, is um, he's a um, really good at art, uh, at drawing and painting and photography. That's cool. And he's... I've often I, I'm I'm uh, turned on by that, not sexually. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if, if I somebody... love it because I'm not. I don't have that part of my brain, uh-huh. uh, and he does. And yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. So f- and he'll take a picture. I, we would both try to take the same picture, and his looks amazing, and mine just looks like you know. You mean literally crap. a camera? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really? With a camera? Yeah. He just has an eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's. Does that get in the way though? This this is the age old question of comedians dating comedians thought a lot about this and I've dated other comedians. Um, Interesting. Uh, Let's get some names. No. Greg Johnson. <laughs> Greg Sam Johnson. Brown. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, if you started, I mean, uh, dating Nintendo. versus hooking up, I mean, what do you mean? Uh, I, well, I was, I was married um, for, I was with that guy for 10 years. Did I know that? Maybe. Have we talked about that? No, we haven't. Uh, when were you married? Um, I met him when I was 19. We got married when I was 25. Mormon. Or 27-ish. No. no <laughs> we, oh, we talked about it. You dated a long time. Yeah, we were together for 10 years. Fuck you. Uh, I'm just then, impressed. That's a long time. And then I got out time. at age 30. Um, Holy shit, man. Uh, yeah. So I was on Lover Number Two at age thirty, Fuck. which was crazy. I, I was had on, a really crazy like I was year on and a half. Lover Number Two at twenty eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to talk about me. I want you to know that you're in good company. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that nuts? And so you're it, out at thirty. Who ended it? Me. Why? Yeah. Um. I. Uh. We weren't right for each other, and I had nothing to compare it to. Yeah. Um. And so I let it go probably a lot longer than I would have if I had s- known the difference. And um, oh sure. 
I wonder, yeah. though, is there a strength in not having anything to compare it to? Sometimes I wonder about that. Now that I've been with... Ignorance was not bliss for me. Yeah. And I didn't... And he, I think it was for him, but not for me. But he had had other girlfriends before. Oh, unfair. And I hadn't. Was so he older than you? Only by a year. Um, I was just a real good girl mm-hmm. um, and was afraid of uh, dating a guy. And then when I was ready, I met him and we were, we were really great friends. That's the Utah floor of your subconscious. Yeah. yeah. That, that sort of like, I take, yeah. I relish that. Like I was mm-hmm. a virgin and, and like yeah. keeping myself pure and all that sort of stuff. There's yeah. that weird comfort in being the good person. Yeah. In I having was that, control. It was yeah, how I control things. It's and how I was I afraid things. of losing control. Yes. And I had a, um, it, it, not to go down another guy because I can't really go down this rabbit hole. Why? Because uh, my family doesn't like when I talk about it, but my dad screwed up our money um, when I was twelve, and he did something wrong. Like was your he... mom just putting it in suitcases and throwing? <laughs> yes. Ah, yep. 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 Just, Thirty-five uh, yep. minute callback. Yep. A little carry-on bag filled with hundos. Um, <laughs> no, he uh, he screwed up, and um, I. But then he became a better man. And I saw someone. Is this a movie pitch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he became a better person and a nicer person. So I'm assuming and, you lost some money. Yeah, we went from pretty wealthy to um, lower middle. Okay. Yeah, n- never poor, but we struggled for but a while. But you, that's a big jump when you're 12. I mean, that's like traumatic. Well, you, you were flying first class, yeah. and now you're in the yeah. back of the plane with the seat that doesn't recline <laughs> yeah. by the bathroom. And the kids at school were really mean about it. And, you know, I, but what, what happened to me is I became hardened about rules and being right and being good. Mm -hmm. And I thought I had somehow written this script in my head that if you do everything right and you're a good person and you follow all the rules, you will be happy. Mm -hmm. And then age 30, my mom had died. And age 30 rolls around and I am miserable and I have done everything right with this guy. Yeah. 10 years, the 10-year guy yeah. when your mom died? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. And um, and then a year after she died, I I, uh, I had had feelings that maybe I didn't want to be with him before she died. And um, about a year after she died, all those feelings came back with a vengeance. Oh. I mean, like, I couldn't think about anything else. Other than breaking up? Other than leaving him. Oh, fuck. I mean, you know, <laughs> and I had never... I had never broken up with anyone. So I yes. didn't know how to do it. I didn't yes. know what you were supposed to do. Yes. I didn't know how you said it. I was so afraid. I mean, no, I've never... Dungeoned. That was, that's the word I always use. When, when something is so heavy on your heart that you can't do anything or think about anything else, you're dungeoned yeah, I was, by it. Uh, it, was, I was... Jesus. I was immobile. I mean, I was crazy. And, so, and yeah, so I, I broke up with him and then... Wait, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we can't jump past that. <laughs> You were with this guy 10 years. Yeah. He had other girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, you knew you wanted out. This this is stuff that mm. I don't feel like it's talked enough about. Yeah. It's not that this guy was hitting you or cheating on you. Oh, I... I you wished he had. In the darkest... These are... I have very dark thoughts about this whole thing. Get I dark. wanted him... So badly, too. ...to hurt me. Yeah. Physically, so that I could have a reason. Because in my mind, divorcing someone for no reason... Yeah. ...was wrong For a second, I, for, I forgot you were married. You were married. Yeah. And I was, it was bad. And I, I was not a bad girl. And I did not do bad things. Yeah. And, and I thought, well, um, <laughs> to do this would, would require a lot of mental hurdles getting over a lot of mental and a whole pr campaign for you as a person his family hating me i mean all these things in my family i thought they were gonna hate me and yeah they didn't they loved me they were like okay yep they were they were a little like my dad was a little crazy he was like oh 
Well, yeah. you know, and he started bringing up my mom, and I was like, "Don't you dare bring up mom!" I'm re- one of the reasons I'm leaving him is because of what I saw you guys have uh-huh. was not reflected in my own relationship, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. wanted to find someone hmm. who I could be with forever, right? Or not, or for a long time. I don't believe in forever anymore in a relationship, but um, interesting. <laughs> I think the wedding vow should be. If you're going to get married, which I will never get married again, but if, you, if you're going to get married, you should say, I promise I will leave you if you treat me like shit. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. That should be the vow. I mean, honestly, because that's what, how Scott and I are with each other. Right. We're like, you know, we both have come from bad relationships and we're both like, you know, if you don't fucking treat me with respect and like treat me like you really want me. I will dump your ass. Yeah. And like we have a, a sort of understanding that like it, we got to be in it or why be in it. Right. You know, a couple things on that one. One, I had a, a girlfriend that uh, was very adamant that the vow, I, I don't know what her source was, but she said <laughs> that when you said till death do us part, it really meant till the death of the relationship. That's I, I, I agree with that. And yeah. I think that we've got it all wrong with weddings, but yeah. And then here's the mm. Christian one that I think you'll like. Uh, they were like the the marriage relationship is supposed to reflect Christ's love for the church. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. heard that. I think yes, Paul said the that. church is the bride. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. he was like, and Christ died for the church. So if your husband isn't willing to do that, it's a it's an ellipses point. God, but I mean that's kind of giving yeah. people a, a permission, I suppose, to be like, well, this isn't right. This you're not loving yeah. me the way Christ loved yeah. the church or whatever. You're yeah. you're getting drunk every night and you know <laughs> yeah having sex with me while I'm asleep. Um, but yeah, no, no abuse, no. I mean, maybe, I, maybe a little touch of emotional neglect, but mm. um, and it wasn't anything he you, did. Yeah, it wasn't something he was trying to do. He do just was damaged, I guess. I don't the know. phrase that got you out. Do you remember what to say? Because people um, have a hard time finding the words. I, 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 feel I like- built up to it, um, and I we we separated for a while, and but I remember when I said, I I. I know now I've thought about it. I've had my time away and I know I want a divorce. I mean, he, his whole demeanor changed. I mean, he went from being very loving and, and saying, I'm sorry Mm -hmm. for what I've done and my part in this. I'm sorry. You know, being very open and like, you know, to shutting off completely and going, doing anything he could to hurt me. Really? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, we don't. I oh, I hope to God he never hears this because be I mean weird. I've also learned from podcasting. Yes, that if you say something about someone, even if you don't say their name, you need to assume they will hear it, and you hmm. need to be okay with them hearing it, and choose your words in, accordingly because it's a small world. Yeah, you know, someone might say, "Oh, hey, I heard Sarah on this podcast talk about right, you. right, right, right." You know, and of course you're gonna listen. I mean, right. like you want to know, right? So if you're listening, um, I'm sorry <laughs> that we aren't talking. I well, wish we had a more open relationship, but we don't. And and it's been three years. Mm-hmm. I've been apart uh, from my ex for four years, and yeah. only just now am I kind of like maybe maybe we'll get back in touch. I don't know. Yeah, I've had those thoughts a lot, but uh, I don't. I never reach out because I it just ended with him cutting me out of his life as much as he possibly could. And yeah. the, the message I got was, "Don't ever speak to me again." Yeah. Um, so, and I never. I think, I think it's in his court to want to get in yeah. touch too, but it's in my court to want to yeah. get in touch with my ex. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's what would if we would ever talk again. I mean, we both live in New York still. I've, ne- I've never run into him, but it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Well, let's bring it to Scott. 
Oh, so Scott is now we're a talking wonderful about dating, man. dating comedians. Oh yeah, I dated. Okay, so I dated. I have come to the conclusion that Scott. you you can date a comedian. Yes, if that person is right for you. I mean, it's it's there are good people for you and bad people for you, and if if it happens to work with a comedian, good. Mm-hmm. But um, I would never make a rule. Uh, I had I started to move towards that rule because I had been no, burned no, by a couple of comedians, yeah. but I had burned people too. So Sam I was Brown, like, <laughs> Greg Johnson, Victor Bernardo, Victor Bernardo, of course, uh, <laughs> your famous love affair yeah, with Victor. Um, yeah, oh, Victor. Um, <laughs> we just said no. they're going to hear this. We love you, Victor. Yeah, we love I you, do. I Greg love Victor. Johnson. Um, we love I you, love Sam Greg, Brown. Love Sam. Um, but anyway, so. Uh, um, but, okay, here's here's my concerns with uh, dating comedians. This, this has come up before, and it'll keep coming up because it's on my mind. It's yeah. on my mind. Yeah, it's a reflection of a certain type of attention that we both need. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So there, there'll always be the some sort of uh, competition, a little bit in there. There isn't with me and Scott. I just don't think we're uh, threatened. You and Nikki are making a show. Sometimes I wonder if it's better for the... Because I'm a little further in my career than Scott in terms of accomplishments I've had. And, you know, I would never say I'm like better than Scott because you are where you are. Right. And it's where you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. in your... I think I think Patton Oswalt said that one time. What like, you, you are where you're supposed to be in your career. You're where you're exactly supposed to be. Stop worrying so much about getting to that next step because you're where you're supposed to be right now. Hmm. Um, and anyway, um, sometimes I wonder if it's better for the woman to be further ahead because I don't think a man can handle a woman being more successful. But I, I feel like you just contradicted yourself. Isn't isn't it better that he would be ahead of you? Oh right! Why? Yes, I did contradict. Why? What is my thinking? Wait, I'm trying to figure out how I phrase it. <laughs> we have to. Like oh no, it. it's the opposite. It how is, is the my opposite. relationship working? Yeah, it is the opposite. I think it's a testament to Scott being amazing. I honestly think he's like he's the best person for me that I could have ever asked for. I, okay, so I think this is your point: is like yeah. that is difficult for most men, yeah. and Scott is exceptional. He's not threatened by me. He's excited yeah. for me, and and I love when he's like, Nikki and I are about to find out about this pilot with MTV. And um, Scott is just as nervous and like worried about it. I mean, he doesn't show it the way I do. I'm acting acting it out more and being more crazy. But he's just like, this is freaking me out too. I like want this so bad, hmm. you know. And I mean, I think he wants it for himself. Like, you know, wait, he like, does. He wants the success, you know, to like. I mean, I would want, you know, I mean, if I was dating a comedian and he was about to, like, get a TV show, I'd be like, fuck yeah, man, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> really? How interesting. <laughs> I'd be like, riding those coattails. Like, I mean, <laughs> no, I hate that, actually. No. I, I, I would Wait, never ask a guy. If I was, I dated a couple guy comedians that were, like, way bigger than me in terms of fame or whatever. And right, they, Greg Johnson. Greg like, Johnson, for sure. I asked him this, to help me all the this time. This is only, funnier for, only <laughs> funny for us. I know. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, and, and I, they, they would um, sometimes offer to help me. I'll put in a word here, but and I right. just refused. I was like, "Don't you dare!" Yeah, I mean, I, I, it just, I couldn't stomach it. That's I, how Jamie Lee was with me. Yeah. She would not want me to do any of that sort of stuff. And then I'm like, "Why?" And then looking back, I'm like, "Jesus, I should have taken it because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't going to work out anyway. At least I could have gotten something out of it." <laughs> that, well, I, you know, it's funny that just came up the other day. It's somebody, somebody knew a millionaire matchmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually my meditation teacher, and she was like, "Oh, we should put her in touch with you." And I was like, "Oh, I don't want to date a woman that makes more." Than me. Yeah. I said as a joke, and I was joking, and then I I did have to think about it. I was like, I kind 
It's a small thing. I'm being small right now. No, but it's okay to feel that way. That's very normal. I think it's part of... Um, there's a lot that went into your brain Yeah. from our society yes. and from human evolution yeah. that well, makes you feel that way. As we say on so the don't show, feel guilty. the dick does the fucking. <laughs> uh, and the dick does the, do the fucking. But I mean, like, I'm also all for uh, women having money and being successful. I, I think it takes a guy like Scott to be, like, cool with that. I, I, it's Scott just like, is just a loving person. Like he just. Yeah. And if I were more loving, yeah. I think I wouldn't be saying things like that. I honestly do. I, I yeah. see this as a weakness in myself that I'd like to improve. He, but he, he, but he, it's like I need. Like I'll take uh, Chelsea. Ding ding ring the bell. <laughs> I, I was thinking just today. I was like, I want to call Chelsea and say I want to go out to dinner. Uh, you know, we're we're, mm. we're pals, mm-hmm. and I I just need to take a woman to dinner. <laughs> Just let me take you to an expensive dinner because yeah. it makes my dick hard. You know what I mean? I'm not talking oh, about. Oh, I'm talking about me, my metaphysical. Going, dick. being taken out to dinner, it yeah. makes my pussy so wet. Ah, I'm not kidding. Metaphysical, like Literal? when I and well, both, depending <laughs> on the situation. But sure. for me, Scott knows. Like if I'm upset about something, all he has to say is, "Do you want to go out to eat?" And I'm like, "Ding ding 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 ding!" Yeah. Like I'm so happy. I love going out to eat. But like, I, I do that for me yeah. too. Yeah, I, I love yeah. it too. I love it yeah. too. But that it's was also that was also a peacemaking thing comedy joking mm-hmm. and also whenever my family would go out to dinner everybody yeah. calmed the fuck down yeah blood sugar was good people <laughs> yeah. would have a cocktail everything yeah. was cool be cool relax or no eating. one had to do the dishes it's great it's uh, still it's... great it's still great but i i'm interested in that weak man thing in me yeah. that's like i want to be a big shot and pay for this meal yeah. what, what, what what i see that as a deficiency in me no i think as if you're aware of it a lot of people are not aware of that, and yeah. they let the they let it ruin their right. relationships and not own up to it and just be like, well, maybe I'm just uncomfortable with this right dynamic. But it goes back to that thing I was saying about TJ too, where w- I want to do nice things, I want to take people out for mm-hmm. dinner and stuff, yeah. and then I will slowly start. To, this is the bullshit, and I speak it to, mm-hmm. as to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. All right, the bullshit is that over a long enough timeline, I'll be like, I'll get this. Of course. <laughs> it's fun to call Chelsea and be like, I, I didn't do this, but I was like, let's go to dinner. I'll buy it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another thing to be in a relationship with somebody and just buy every meal. Yeah. And then there's some Sunday where you're worried about money or whatever. And you're like, oh, another uh, 80 bucks yeah. for brunch. <laughs> whatever it I is. think it's a give and take. I mean, my ex and uh, husband and I uh, did not have a good relationship when it came to money or everything. But when I mean... It's just, it wasn't, I supported him and I think that was a problem yeah. for him. Money and religion uh, <laughs> are the one and twos of yeah, breaking yeah. people up. And then um, with Scott, we're just very, we help each other when we can. That's nice. You know, and we yeah. have, we have goals together. We, we, we talk about money openly. Mm-hmm. My ex would never, I never knew how much he made. I never knew much how much he had. He really? Was very secretive. You didn't have a joint bank account? No, no. And I thought that made me liberated. But uh, ah. I remember when I moved in with my ex-husband, um, uh, I was just dating him at the time and I was mm-hmm. only in my early 20s and we moved to New York together and I was going to live with him. And I told my mom and she flipped out and she was like, oh, he needs to put you on a pedestal. And I didn't understand what she meant. And I said, what do you mean? Like, I, I, we are equals and I'm a feminist and like, he doesn't need to put me on a pedestal. And then after I left him, those words were ringing in my ear. Like, he never put me on a pedestal. You wanted to be put on a pedestal? You should both put each other on a pedestal. You should worship that person. You should be, oh, I, I think you're amazing. Right. I I'm, I'm pra- I never got any praise. I, was, I never got any compliments. You know, I never got any affection. And so 
Um, I think that um, I gave him all that, but I didn't get it back. And I was like, right. this has got to be a give and take. Like, come on, this can't be how it is. Where I give, 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 and you just take, 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 take. And then, yeah. And that's what she meant. I always felt like pedestal was a bad thing. Like it meant like uh, a blindness to your faults. Whereas I feel like the true yeah. love I is an acceptance of your I think she meant like faults. he needs to um, elevate you a little. And I yeah. think she, in her mind, the old fashioned way meant like he should propose to you. And, right. You know, and um, now looking back, I don't disagree with this, with the, the, the underlying concept, which is like yeah. he should elevate you and, and respect you a right. little more. Right. You know. It's a little, tr- yeah. I'm, I, I, I definitely do that in my relationship. I like, I'm pretty affectionate, and I like being affectionately treated. Yeah, and it, it, that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah, it now is for me big time. Yeah, yeah. And so, now that I know what it does to me, Scott is he's affectionate. <laughs> oh yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Where do we draw the line though between uh, self validation and getting it from uh, a, a partner uh, or, or from a crowd? I struggle with that a lot. Yeah, I, I used to uh, think that. With, in my relationship with my husband, I thought, this is just me not loving me. Mm-hmm. And then I just went, wait the fuck. And I hold the fuck up. I'm like, hey, what's so hard mm-hmm. about putting your arm around me? Mm-hmm. Why is that so hard? And you know what? I just want it. Right. I don't care anymore if it means I'm weak. I don't care anymore if it means I don't like myself. I just want it. Other that's, people that's like get it. Wa- I want it. That's like me wanting to buy dinner. It's <laughs> like you know your weakness. You're like, please just put your arm around I me. I need that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, and I'll give you the world. Right. I'm so easy to please. I mean, it's just like all you have to do is be like, you're pretty, and then yeah. like touch me. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm in heaven. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like so easy. And the fact that it was so hard for my ex, I it was torture. Yeah, that, that didn't I, – I guess you didn't know any better. I didn't. When you were dating. Yeah. And then when once you moved in, were you like, we're definitely going to get married? Like, is that I was one? obsessed with getting married. I really? I was like a little fairy tale girl. I loved <sighs> princesses and weddings. And then, and wedding, then wedding like, and the wedding was magical. I mean, the wedding was in Italy. It was like the most beautiful. I still have the album. I look at it sometimes like, oh, no, so I'll never no, do anything that beautiful no, again. No. Because I don't regret it. I don't. It was great. It was a great time. My mom was, it was right before she got really sick. You mean again. the wedding was great? The wedding was great. You don't look at your husband's dumb, bloated face. I'm picturing it dumb and bloated. And, uh, what? <laughs> Nothing. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I don't know who it is. No, no. Uh, but you don't look at it and just go, ugh. If I, if, I do. And when I, I look at his picture, family and him in the yeah. pictures, I'm like, oh, God. But then oh, I look at, choice. like, me and my family and I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't. He's not looking at those photos. He didn't take it. He did not keep them. He told me to get rid of them. Really? And I was like, okay. Bold. Ooh. Bold move. Yeah. Did you, losing the in-laws was that hard? Were you close with them? No, I wasn't very close with them. They did not, uh, his mother never liked me. So it, oh, really? It, it never. Well, I wasn't an Italian Catholic, so it was oh, never going to be okay. That's what, are you Italian? No. So that's no. why you went to Italy. It was his yeah. his kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not an Italian Catholic. Ooh. I just never was going to fit in with them. I was so I could not have been more different than those people. That sort of thing of the of the wife replacing the mother too, especially in like a traditional oh, yeah. she was, old world family. Yeah. That's what I, I'm sorry to perpetuate that stereotype, but it seems to me like the Italian. There were a mother. lot of things about them that were not stereotypical, yep. but in that way they were. Yikes. No. Yikes. But now I found Scott and I'm so happy. I really am. I mean, I I'm I feel like it was all worth it. I I came out on the other side. Right. In between, I mean, I made all kinds of mistakes, but they were the right ones to make cuz I knew what I had when I met Scott. And I didn't even know if I was ready. 
I was like, oh, I'm still being wild. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, but he was so great that I was How like, I can't turn away. How long were you single after you? Only about a year and a half, a year and a few months. And so y- you went from one to Scott, and then in between you were just dating um, and shipping people? I was going, I... You went nuts? Yeah, I hooked up with as many people as I could. Really? I was just on a rampage. I was just so excited. I was like, sex! I can have it now! <laughs> Had the sex in your marriage kind of fizzled? Oh, yeah. Towards the end? No, towards the end. I mean, most the whole time. Of it, yeah, yeah most it, it was... Yeah, it wasn't I look, good. I look back at that. Uh, yes. Not that the sex wasn't good. It was no, just not. Like, it, it wasn't I a good scene. I understand. <laughs> and then, you, and then, so you've done one night stands, and you've done. Yeah, I did all that. Learned all. Had all crazy shit happen, and like I got you punched didn't... one time by a dude during sex. Like <laughs> I just. <laughs> Greg Johnson punched. You. Greg Johnson <laughs> punched me. <laughs> oh, it, I've had crazy. You stuff. didn't have any of that, like uh, that. I've had that Christian repression where it's like. I wonder if it's easier because you just have to get moist. Dudes have to like perform. Uh, yeah, I. Um, Do you think that's true? Well, I think I was at the age um, that a woman begins to fully mature in her down there. You know, like she really is ready to roll. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, like, you, you were like in heat. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was in heat. I yeah. mean, I was like so horny. I mean, I, right. I, I was, and I was because I knew everything. Right. But I hadn't tried everything, you know, because I was just with this one guy the whole right, time, right. and I wanted to know what that felt like. Now, when did the, you know? So you did that for a year. Yeah, you go nuts. Mm-hmm. Sex with more than one person in a week, per se. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sex with seven different people in a <laughs> no, week. Not no, that no, no, no. But I think my with the craziest was like two in a weekend. Okay. That was I felt bad about that. I was like, oh, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> At least I showered between. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god! It just happened. I didn't like mean for it to happen. Sure, plan it out. Very nine hundred two and zero. Yeah, you were with Dylan and Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, but you didn't have any. What I'm wondering is, did that start start to wear thin where you kind of like I, I can't felt I was really miserable over my divorce and I was just a mess of a person and filling the hole with dicks yeah <laughs> I mean so I was learning stuff and having good experiences but if it's a comedian you'll eventually see the person right and it's stressful when you see them and you don't know how they're going to be and I don't you know I'm always the type where you just be nice I mean right. why act any other way but right. um I am so lucky with oh, it's Jamie Lee. That's where I learned. That's where I was like, "Don't date a comedian, Jesus Christ! Right. What a mess!" Right. You know. And then when I met Scott, I was like, "Oh, this is not. He's just not a different person." Right. And it's he. If Scott and I broke up, it would not be that kind of drama. Does he I have, already know that? Does he you know have a, about uh, him. one of those day jobs? Who? Scott. Scott. He paints people's apartments okay. in New York, and he he cleans up doing that. And he's got he lives he sets his own schedule. He's got really kind of the ideal scenario because nice. he's good at it, and he just so he's smart. Yeah, he's 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 got it all. <laughs> he's got it all, but he doesn't have breasts, and that's something I wanted. No. Just what a bizarre twist that took know. at the end What there. if he had breasts and I, I was into that? A guy with tits. I saw a guy running just outside today and he was bouncing in a way that I was like... And he wasn't even fat. He just had... <laughs> I, I, had I, I feel so titties. bad for the pronounced boobies of a of somebody mm. that, that, you know, I've been overweight a, you know, a little bit my whole life. I used to be more and when I was mm. little it was even worse. Mm. And you have the little man boobies. It's mm. one of the worst things in the world. There's, yeah. no, there's no getting around it. There's no getting It's like me it. having small tits. It's plagued me my whole life. Yes. You know what I mean? I'm trying really hard not to look. Well, ah! it's padding. <laughs> it's padding. You can look. It's not like you're actually seeing what's there. Boobs are hard. Or what's not there, so to speak. 
When I was in junior high, I remember having this thought. I was like, <laughs> boobs are hard. Boobs they're are actually hard. soft, Peter. I hate what? to break it to you. I, I've they're, never. They're soft. <laughs> uh, bo- uh, well, sure. Boobs are all different kinds. <laughs> <laughs> boobs are all different kinds. <laughs> all, all different kinds. You're just in your own world right now, but imagining dude, them. Dudes, that's true. Dudes have mm. penises mm-hmm. and they're secret. Yeah. There, are, there are these secrets in our pants. And girls in junior high, I remember when the boobies started showing up, yeah. I was like, we all get to see. We all get to chart it's your progress. so unfair. It is. Well, I we remember can chart being with the voice and, you know, with the, the guys get the voice when their voice Yeah, changes. but you can fake but, that a little bit on the yeah. phone. Hello. You know what yeah. I mean? We well, tr- we and your it. voice is going to be your voice. Like, you know, right. you, you're going to get a man voice almost for sure. Yep. But you don't know if you're going to get big tits. Yep. Would like, that's you, not do in the Do you cards. wish you had big boobs? It was a, definitely plaguing me, and I got teased a lot. But everyone gets teased for something. Yeah. Um. And sometimes, you know, I'll see a woman with a perfect body and just be like, "Shit." But I do enjoy my body. I think it's fine. Good. I'm okay with that. That's another one of my deal breakers is when people hate their bodies. It is. Um. It's something I've been close to people who have an issue, and it's it's hard because you don't know you can't say anything. Right. That makes them it will ne- you'll never yeah. fill that hole. Who did that? That's what I always want to know. What fucking guy said some it's upsetting. piece yeah. of shit thing to you? And now everyone, I have my hangups. I have like you know I'm getting I see aging. Sure. It's very subtle. Like you would never know what it is on my face right now that right. is making me angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know. You yeah, know, yeah, I yeah. notice. I know what I look like. You right. know, and I can see it every day in the mirror. And then right. I notice something and I'm like, oh, I guess that's going to start happening. Yeah. You know, and but um, I think if you can ever look at yourself and just be okay with it, uh, that's something you uh, you, you got you to gotta take care of it. Gray hair. Oh, I got a lot of that. Do you? Mm-hmm. You dye your hair? Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I yeah. I think I, I think I about that. I get a lot. I don't actually that. think about that all the time, but that's the next mm. sort of old guy thing to be like, oh fuck. Well, you're not balding. That's I'm good. I'm decaying. Yeah. yeah, I'm grateful every day that yeah. uh, that I'm no not early balding going on. No. That's, well, that's it would be good. it would be right on time. Yeah. Some some guys bald in their twenties. Yeah, mean, my brother started balding in his twenties. I'm worried about getting a little like turkey goblet chin. My mom yeah. had that, and I can like mm. see lines on my neck, and I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs> but oh well, it'll happen, and then maybe I'll get surgery. I don't know. Yeah. I probably wouldn't. I don't think I have it in me. I think yeah. I don't. I just don't care enough. I had a girlfriend that was like, if I ever get that, I'll, I'll get plastic surgery, and I thought that was such a turnoff. And then I was like, again, am I being full of shit? Is that something that I people do? I think that's my something thing is do. like, if it was just something that really simply I could fix, and no one would know, yeah, I might do it. But the thing is, everyone knows. I mean, like you know, and and once you get that fake old look, the. Yeah. the the young old look, the plastic surgery face, like to me, that is way more hideous than young a old. naturally aging woman. Young old, young old face. Yeah, you don't want that at all. Like if you get it too early, and then you look older than you are. Right. You know. Oh Jesus. We really run the full gamut. Oh here. Mormon Jesus. <laughs> oh Mormon Jesus. Uh, Why can't you get along with regular Jesus? <laughs> I'll tell you, Mormon Jesus, I don't know what he's up to, P90X or something, but he's like three, first of all, he's like four shades lighter than Reg G. Uh, Reg G? <laughs> and he's got blonde hair, and he's no. looking good. He's yeah, looking real he's buff. He's yep. real buff, mm-hmm. well-dressed, but you can tell the way the, the drapes hang on him, you can see some pecs in there. <laughs> he's looking real good. Well, yeah. I, I asked our, our friend Nikki Glazer to round us out here. This has been a lovely episode. Yeah. First of all, you went to Mil- uh, Million and Mary. You went to William and Mary. I did go to William and Mary. It's one of my favorite schools to perform. Yeah. I performed. I, I have two, and it was one of the best nights of my life. Isn't the greatest? 
You know, Love performing at your own college is, I don't think you can do that though, right? I, I've done it several times, yeah. uh, but, um, Oh, you're not a dirty comic though. You don't know, do I know yeah. now these days I'm not being uh, what I would consider dirty, but I am talking about things like I do on the podcast that I, I can't, yeah. I actually just today wrote an email to, uh, Philip Jameson, who's the uh, lead guitarist in one of my favorite bands, Caspian, and mm-hmm. they went to my school as well. And I was like, next time I'm due for a performance in the Gordon College area, I'd rather do it with Caspian and I'll open for them. I'll do an hour and then they'll do mm-hmm. an hour. Because I've, I've outgrown it. I can't perform yeah. in the chapel anymore. Yeah. I want to talk about how I make my bed before I go out in case I have sex. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just can't do that. I can't, yeah. I can't go there and do my act from 10 years ago. So this is the weird thing that Nikki Glaze, our friend Nikki Glazer, mm-hmm. uh, gave me. The is, Glaze. The Glaze. Glaze donuts. Mm-hmm. Give me those glazed donuts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I hope, I hope she wants a guy to say that. To her. <laughs> give me, give me those glazed donuts, Nikki. And she looks at him like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I mean, I mean, take off your bra." I mean, yeah. obviously, give me, your, <laughs> give me those glazed donuts. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Um, she told me I was like, "Give me one weird thing to ask mm-hmm. to ask Sarah," and she said that you suck your thumb. I do. I'm an adult thumb sucker. You're an adult thumb sucker. This is the I first am. for the show. This is the first for a show I dedicated am. to finding out what's weird about I, people. Uh, what's I, going on there? I never stopped. I just <laughs> I just kept going. Uh, hell or high water. I'm very good at hiding it. No one knows I do it. How do you do it? Um, I mean, I can show you. Yeah, Maybe little, I can get some sound effects. Because they do kind of make a little noise. Give me a little samp. Well, I know what you're doing. <laughs> You're showing me that there's no line? No, I'm showing you if you look really cl- it's like dark in here but um, Yeah. People think I'm just sitting my thumb just oh, sitting I it see. in there. It, it, there's a lot going on. Oh, you mean it's you're, like a oh, rapid you're sucking fire. it. I, I'm basically like breastfeeding on my on my thumb. It's an action that I don't I'm sorry, think, there's so much judgment in my face. I don't care. No, I'm not I have no problem <laughs> with it. Um I'm very comfortable with it, but um you, so it, you're not just putting it in there. I'm not just letting it sit there. I mean, it's like a rapid fire motion that I've never unlearned. It's like a Jolly Rancher and it would go like, down in like two seconds. Like that's the speed like of Like a which, rabbit drinking water. And if you look, you can see a muscle Oh, that's what you were... I thought you were trying to show me... Rapid, like just back and forth. Because it's not just, you know, like a... I mean, it's Ra- like... like and, and it immediately... Calms you down? Calms me down, lowers my heart rate, my eyes glaze over... And I am at peace. And I it might be why I don't smoke cigarettes. You know, like it we've gone be, from me hating, uh, hating, not hating, judging <laughs> to being like, maybe I should do this. That's what most people they're like. I don't know if you can start though, because it's a technique that is like I learned it as a babe. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to tell you how to do it. I mean, it just. And my mouth is like shaped for it. I like, was just gonna say, isn't that what they teeth. say? Your teeth kind of will. Form well, I had buck teeth it. growing up, yeah. And those braces fix that. And now I've got you know one tooth that sort of sticks out, and I didn't notice. Got a little snaggle. Oh, I see. Um, but um, long term, I mean, I've been doing that. I got my braces off, you know, twenty five, twenty years. How many? Fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. How old am I? Twenty years ago, I got them off, and um, I've been sucking the whole time. <laughs> uh, they were like, "You got to stop," and I'm like, "Fuck off!" Like. Ah. I just, my parents tried everything to get me to stop, and just nothing worked. Really, and so I just got really good at hiding it from everyone. And I was ter- I was really ashamed of it. I thought when it was are we ma- doing I thought it? it made me horrible. Ha! And then I got to college and found out other people did it. And that Google, I Googled it and found a website for adult thumb suckers and people with oral fixation. Like, and some people suck their fingers or whatever. And um, it changed my life. I mean, I mean, it made me way more confident of a human being because you were like, I'm not alone. Other people are. It's doing a this. habit. 
It's not any the movie Thumb Thumbsucker. By the way, there's a movie Thumbsucker called. Th- it's like an indie film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it blew me away because it's not even about it. It's just this 18 year old kid who still sucks his thumb, hmm. and it's about his family dynamic, and it's really about another storyline. But um, he's going to this doctor the whole time, trying to figure out what's wrong with him, and then finally at the end of the movie, the doctor's just like, I think the doctor is Keanu Reeves, if I'm correct. He just goes, "It's not a problem. Like it's okay." Really? That you do that, and and the movie ended, and I and he, he like he like kind of went off to move to a new town and leave his family and like start his life. Yeah, and I just started sobbing. I was like, I just wish someone had told me it was uh, okay. I think you people know. are uncomfortable with it because it reminds us of breastfeeding and it reminds us. Of yeah, it, yeah, infancy. of course. And it, it's it's oh, you're a baby. Still yeah. sucking. I mean, I got teased a lot, but when I couldn't hide it at school and I would do it, you know, now I'm like, I'll go in the bathroom at work and do it in a stall. I'll just sit and like suck my thumb for about two minutes if I'm stressed out, and then I like wash my hands and go back to work. You don't wash your hands, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, good. We've uncovered enough enough weirdness. I think so. I appreciate. I so deeply appreciate, it, especially this, this stuff is about awesome. your mom. Oh, you're the best. Thanks really, for really the great, great conversation. Oh, come on. <laughs> Thanks for your honesty. Well, you know, it was all a lie. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything worse <laughs> than finding out after you've been talking? To, I've been lying to you. Yeah, Pete. This, I'm all, all the way out. I'm just like, I made it all up. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just turn into glitter. <laughs> what? The fuck? And uh, that was the last time I saw Sarah Schaefer. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for doing thank it. We, you. we end every television show and this show with a guest saying, keep it crispy if you please. <clears throat> it's up to you, though. <clears throat> Can you say it while you suck your thumb? Yeah. Um, keep it crispy. <laughs> 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 That's got to be top three keep it crispy. Thanks so much yeah. for doing it. Thank you. I, I would shake your hand, but, but it's just, covered in your yeah. stress juice. <laughs> <laughs> Show me those glazed donuts. Now leaving nerdist.com.